the incomparable. Number 281, January 2016. Welcome back to The Incomparable. This is our last episode of 2015. Or wait, it's the first episode of 2016. But we're going to look back on 2015 and uh, things that we liked from 2015 and uh, things about the podcast that we liked and that you, the listeners, liked. Let me introduce some some fine panelists who have joined us in uh, for this episode. Some of the most commonly heard panelists on The Incomparable in the past year. Let me introduce them in order of their appearances, number of appearances on the show. David J. Lore is here. Hello. Happy old year. Happy old year. Uh, coming in just barely in second place, thanks to Star Wars episodes, because he was in the bag for those. Dan Warren is here. Hello. Or Yeah. Weren't they all Star Wars episodes this year? Uh, Almost. Was, felt like yes. it. Our dedicated Star Wars podcast will random <laughs> random wars. It launches next year. <laughs> Keep tuned. Stay tuned. <laughs> Dan is dethroned as the number one guest. Uh, because David Lore has this always say yes policy and it works for him. You uh, just talk about interesting stuff. Our third most uh, uh common commonly appearing uh person on the uh on the main podcast here, Mr. Monty Ashley. Hello. Hello, Jason. It's good to have you here. I was surprised to find that you came in third. So was I. But oh, no. <laughs> I was tied for second up until this Star Wars mm-hmm. thing. <laughs> yeah, that ruined everything. Uh, also here, fourth most commonly heard uh, panelist, Mr. Steve Lutz. We're number four. We're number four. Mm-hmm. All right, Jason, I finally saw The Force Awakens today, so I'm ready to talk Star Wars. Let's get to Two it. Two and a half Me hours too. later. What did you think of Post, Steve? I have an opening statement. Uh, <laughs> I haven't seen it. Shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. <laughs> Well, Glenn, I think you might know some of the people involved, or at least their dentists or mailmen. I know people look like some of the people involved. He he knows the mailman's father. Spoiler. He was his, he was his roommate in college. Our fifth most commonly heard panelist is Erica Ensign. Hello. I am slipping. Golly. Well, you did go away for a long period of time there in the at <laughs> the end true. of the year, and that that set you back a little. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but really, when you're coming in behind Steve, it's a bad sign. No comment. Better than coming in in front of me, trust me. (laughs) Just going to say. (laughs) All right, well, this podcast is over. (laughs) Good night, everybody. (laughs) It's been great. And somebody who only appeared in four episodes of The Incomparable, but he's number one in our hearts. It's Glenn Fleischman. I've already ruined this episode, haven't I? No, that was Steve. I broke it. How many times do we invoke his name when we're recording? That's exactly it. It's kind of a thing. I think in spirit, I've been on almost every episode. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. That's safe to say. It's true. I'm on Ancillary Podcast. So yes, you are, you are on. The, uh, that's a good book. Friend of the network, Glenn Fleischman. The expanded incomparable universe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Wait, if, if every episode of Lazy Doctor Who counts, I think I'm doing better. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I did not factor in uh, appearances on spinoff podcasts because I ran out of time to do counting. <laughs> <laughs> But, so wait, if Glenn is expanded universe incomparable, that means he's no longer canon, right? That's right. He's legends. Expanded universe is canon. That's the whole point. Incomparable legends. Glenn Fleischman. That's right. Exactly. He's uh, parts <laughs> of him are off. canon and parts of him are not. You decide which parts. I, I thought mean, he was still uh, yes, the canon. Yeah. I thought he was a myth. Glenn Fleischman. <laughs> myth? Myth? 
Uh, the man, the myth, the yeah. legend. Yeah, yeah. He's more of a mythter. Anyway, Ooh, here we go. We're going to talk about things we we're going to talk about things we we liked from 2015, and we're going to talk about uh, podcast things that we liked from 2015. Uh, and let's start with uh, Mr. Steve Lutz. I think I would like you to go first and 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 tell us the things that you would <sighs> like to say about things since you have an opening statement. All right, sure. Let's do some things um, that you inhaled I into your brain. Enjoyed some you things know. this year. I didn't enjoy other things. Um, oh, good. <laughs> Thank you, Steve. <laughs> well put. At, at the end of the last year, I decided what I was going to do is I was going to take really good notes. And every mm-hmm. time I, th- I enjoyed a thing, I would write down that thing. And that lasted for about a week. <laughs> so in the first week of January. Of so, yes, there are a lot of things I enjoyed from the first week or two of January. Um, let's see. Uh, I have them by categories because I do that sort of thing. Um, TV shows, which is kind of a, a strange category now that TV shows are not actually on TV but on devices. Um Last uh, last uh, last year during the clip show episode, Monty recommended BoJack Horseman, mm-hmm. so I went and watched that, and I really enjoyed it. Um, as advertised, it is very funny and also extremely depressing, which is a strange combination, but I found it kind of enjoyable. Uh, there was a second season this year. I haven't gotten around to that one yet because I'm not sure I want to delve back into that universe just yet until I'm uh, more stable. But uh, the first season was very, very good and, and definitely worth watching if you think you can weather it. Um, finally got into Bob's Burgers this year, which oh, yeah. I, I, oh. I only realized existed this year. And it's strange because I've been a big fan of Lauren Bouchard's other shows, <laughs> but, uh, somehow Bob's Burgers slipped past my radar, but I very much enjoy that. Well, it, it was, per, it was, uh, I think I've said this on a previous podcast. It was marketed along with sort of family guy and American dad as part of the yes. Fox animation S- comedy block. And that right. causes complete blindness in me. Immediate like, turn off. Nope, yes. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Won't be watching that. Nope. But when I did finally get around to watching it, I said, oh my God, it's Lauren Bouchard. <laughs> hey, this yeah. is great. And it's great. Oh, yeah, and there's that guy's voice. It's H. John Benjamin. That's Those wonderful. Ca- He's in an episode of uh, of uh, Uzzy Sansari's show, uh, Master of None. And, mm. and I had that moment where I was like, oh, hello, Bob. You know, just, <laughs> <laughs> wait a second. All right. All right. <laughs> yep. So that was great. Um, also in TV, I really enjoyed the first couple of episodes of uh, The Last Man on Earth before it destroyed everything that had made it good in the first place. Yep. Which I think started around episode three. Yep. Yep, you got it. The first um, for that pilot, and and really episode two, so good. Yep, and then yep. it destroys itself. Yeah, yes. When it was actually just last man on earth and the last yeah. woman on earth was pretty pretty solid. Yeah. And I uh, I don't know. So supposedly, has it gotten back on track at all? I heard that it got better and then also fell apart again. Yeah. So who knows? <laughs> uh, that's rough. It was a good couple of episodes though. Hmm. Um. Let's see. Uh, games. I play a lot of games. Yeah. Um, the ones I enjoyed particularly this year, I got around to playing South Park, The Stick of Truth, which is a, a really fun light RPG that lasts, I think, exactly the right amount of time for that sort of game and is basically like playing the world's longest poop joke. So it was right up my it's alley, yours, yeah. so to speak. Um, <laughs> and I also finally got around to finishing Fallout 1, which I started <laughs> multiple times and never got around to completing. And that was uh, well worth playing, too. So if you're looking for a retro title... Uh, go for that. Um, books. I actually read a couple this year. Um, I was excited to hear from the, uh, panelists on the Terry Pratchett episode, uh, rest in peace, Mm -hmm. that, um, his books aimed at younger readers were quite good. And so I picked up 
uh, copy of The We Free Men for my daughter and The Amazing oh, Maurice yeah. and His Educated Rodents for my son and have yet to convince either of them to read even a page or two. <laughs> but <laughs> I read them and I was very pleased to discover that they're basically just Discworld books with, yep. uh, with chapters. Yep. And uh, are very very good, and uh, I actually think I liked the Amazing Maurice a bit better. It's uh, I think it's right up there with some of the other books he was writing around that time, which is one of his I think his strongest periods. So uh, those are both excellent, and I'm excited to have a few more great uh, Discworld books that I could enjoy. Although, yeah, I don't I'm not a big We Free Men fan oh. just because I find them kind of irritating. But <laughs> what are we what are we best at, Steve? Drinking and fighting and stealing. Oh, that part's okay. I guess you have to have hung around with Scottish people to really appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, it, does. it helps. Um, a couple of movies I enjoyed. Uh, as much as I'm getting tired of the standard Marvel movie template, I really enjoyed The Ant-Man, which I thought oh, was a Ant-Man. funny and enjoyable romp. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've preferred that to some of the other Marvel films I've seen recently, and uh, I think largely that was because Edgar Wright was involved, at least at some point. For a while, so, yeah. Yeah, so I, I enjoyed that. Got a kick out of that. Um Saw episode seven, The Force Awakens, today. I thought that was pretty good. I believe some of you may have mentioned it previously. Yeah, it's fine. Never heard of it. Yeah. I mean, what can you say about it? But, but it's pretty good. And then uh, a couple of other things, non-media related things. I really enjoyed harassing people who were excited about Star Wars <laughs> this year <laughs> by reminding them of what happened on May 19th, 1999. <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of sad that's over with, but, you know, I'm glad it ended up nice for those folks. You know, I saw The Force Awakens in the very same theater that I saw oh, episode, a, episode wow. one, and I had that moment mm. of, like, anticipation when the Lucasfilm logo comes up, and I thought, this did not go well the last time. This did wow. not go well. This, did you walk in and say, this is where it happened, like you do when you go to your uh, your in-law's back room where you recorded the Real Genius episode? Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> You're giving me flashbacks, Steve. Let's move on. This is where it all went bad. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, um, Spokane, I really enjoyed uh, going out to Spokane for uh, Sasquan and finally getting to meet some of the people in person that I've been talking to for like five years yeah. over the internet. So uh, that was a very enjoyable period in my life, even though some people came away from it with uh, long-term uh, bronchial issues. Yeah. But and, and our panelists who were <laughs> yeah. residents of the state of Washington didn't go, but... We had fun what? anyway. Those <laughs> bastards. It's a long drive. It's what a long drive. drive. What, what jerk wouldn't long drive to drive? Oh, no. hmm. So, yeah, that was 2015 in a nutshell. Uh, an eventful year. Uh, kind of a half-assed year, really. Yeah. But 2016 is going to be pretty good, I think. Yeah. Yeah, maybe you keep your uh, notebook for a couple weeks. Of, yeah, maybe. Of, of good things. Maybe. That's not going to happen. Erica, do uh, you have some favorites, favorite things from 2015? Yeah. Um, actually, <laughs> Steve reminded me of a couple. I also enjoyed Ant-Man and Sasquatch, so we can, you know, add those to my list. Hey. Um, Yay! <laughs> I helped! <laughs> yeah, I really had a lot of sort of convention travel stuff. You know, I got to go to the UK, do a bunch of Doctor Who stuff, um, three Doctor Who conventions in 2015, which is a, a, a record for me, plus Sasquatch. So, yeah, that was a convention-filled year. Um, but as for other things, I guess it's kind of divided into... In my mind, books and TV shows were the other things that that sort of stood out for me. Uh, it was it was sort of the year that I, I rediscovered reading. I hadn't been reading for a while, <clears throat> and I found a few series that I was really really into this year. The first was uh, the Librio Mancer series by Jim C. Hines, uh, which is about uh, a fellow named Isaac who is a 
He's like a quippy, nerdy librarian who also happens to be a magic user who can reach into any book and draw out any object to use in the real world. Um, however, he has been removed from the field as a, a magical agent, and he's not supposed to be using his powers. Of course, that's not going to stop him. Um, he also has a neurotic fire spider for a pet, and he falls in love with a slightly overweight bisexual polyamorous dryad of color. So it's a pretty cool book. Um, I like how, how well, books, plural, I like how they're so humorous, they're fast paced, and they're, there's real representation in them. There's all kinds of people and monsters and animals and creatures with all kinds of views about the world. So if you want something fun and zingy that's not going to take you too long to read, but also has a really painstakingly well thought out system of magic, uh, I can't recommend the Libromancer or Magic X Libris, I think is the name of the whole series. Libromancer is the first book. I uh, can't recommend them enough. Um, another series I think I mentioned on the podcast once before is the Fallen Blade series by Kelly McCullough, uh, which is a series of kind of, I guess they're like low high fantasy because they take place in sort of a high fantasy world, um, which is also fantastically well thought out and very fully conceived with a cool system of magic. Uh, but they they follow a disgraced assassin instead of like some heroic person. Uh, and uh, this assassin, Arl Kingslayer, had basically become an alcoholic thug for hire after his goddess of justice died. And the books follow him along his path of attempted redemption. And they include a delightfully diverse cast of characters. And because it's a fantasy world and doesn't have to conform to our social norms, uh, the women in these books have exactly the same social status as the men. And there are lots of great female characters who run the gamut from super kick-ass to super flawed and all gradation in between, which is exactly what I want from fiction. I want my female characters to have as much depth and breadth as the male characters. Um, the first book in the series is just, it's fun, uh, but they get progressively better and better and stronger as they go. Uh, and the other series that I liked a lot was by Jamie Lee Moyer. Um, the first book is called Delia's Shadow. There are three of them. The last one actually just came out this year called Against a Brightening Sky. And they are a series of supernatural historical mysteries, which do an excellent job of, of merging the tropes of a classic detective story with, with those of really good urban fantasy and well-researched historical fiction. And there are two different POV characters whose chapters alternate throughout the book. Uh, one is Delia, the title character in the first book, who is a woman who lives in San Francisco in the early 1900s and happens to see ghosts. And her chapters are all written in first person. The other POV character is a detective named Gabe, but his chapters are written in third person, which I think is a cool structural conceit um, because it, it weights Delia's observations and emotions slightly more than Gabe's. And I guess I'm still at the point where I find a female protagonist refreshing enough that it gives me a little thrill. Um, this year, I also finally got around to reading a couple of books that were recommended by Dan. I read The uh, the Expanse, uh, the first Expanse book, and The Lies of Locke Lamora, both of which I quite enjoyed. But there are incomparable episodes covering both of those, so I won't go into detail. Um, so go listen to those episodes if you want. I finally, finally finished the Dark Tower series, which has hey. been a goal of mine hey. for like decades now, <laughs> I think. I was never able to even catch up to the point where Stephen King had been at, uh, and I restarted so many times. So I will say that I, I loved the end. I won't tell you how it ends in case you haven't read it, but I, for one, was very satisfied with the end of, of a pretty epic series. So that was cool. Um, and everything else is kind of more in the uh, in the TV bucket. Um, I recently actually, I, 
I did the same thing. Like I started taking notes at the beginning of the year and then kind of forgot about it. So most of the things on my list are now just from the last few weeks because that's what I remember. Um, so I, I started randomly watching Dark Matter, uh, which is I don't know where it airs in the U.S. If it's on sci-fi. Sci-fi, sci-fi. sci-fi. Okay, yeah, it's on space in Canada, and it's a it's about a bunch of people who wake up in a spaceship with no memory of who they are, and then discover that they're all thieves and murderers and pirates and terrible people, but they don't really know what they were doing or why. And I thought that was a really cool idea, so I gave the show a chance. Um, it kind of annoyed me at first because some, well, okay, most of the characters are are very like tropey and there are only a couple of women actually there's only one woman because the other female character is a young girl oh well there's the android right oh that's right that's right there's an android so technically i guess three Mm, that's iffy (laughs) uh but the story itself was interesting enough to keep me along for the ride until the end of the season and of course there was a huge cliffhanger and i didn't realize that there was only one season so i was like oh i'll just start season two and then found out they hadn't even started making it yet. So I was very upset. <laughs> I'm the spoiled Netflix generation these days. Um, so anyway, it's it's, it's still slightly annoying at times, but it's a fun, spacey adventure. So if you're into that sort of thing, that was good. Um, the other big one somewhat recently was Jessica Jones. Um, and again, there are hours of incomparable network programming on that show. So, you know, off you go to listen to that if you want lots of details. But for my part, I, I really love the Alias comic books, and it was great to see them brought to life. Um, and like I said before, I want all kinds of female characters in my media, and Jessica Jones is no shiny superhero, um, which is cool. And also, does anybody know, are they going to be making a Luke Cage show? Yes. Because, yes. Yep. Oh it's God, already in the offing. I want that so bad. I love mm-hmm. that actor on The Good Wife. Now, that, that is Mike Coulter, who plays Luke Cage and Jessica Jones, is also the star of the Luke Cage series, which is coming yes. in, in 2016. And appeared before then in Daredevil Season 2. Oh, oh, man, that means I do have to watch Daredevil. <laughs> and then it'll all get wrapped up together in The Defenders, which will have all three of them, plus uh, Iron Fist. Iron Fist. Iron Fist. Iron Fist. Wow. I love that actor on The Good Wife and was very sad when he stopped being on The Good Wife. And I love him even more now. So I'm very excited about that show. Um, Speaking of shiny superheroes, I got Supergirl this year, which admittedly took me quite a while to get into because I found Kara herself really, really annoying at first. Um, She's just like so OMG, over the top, wide eyed acting. Not my favorite thing. Uh, It was a little too much. But then she settled down uh, a little bit throughout the series. And Callista Flockhart went from a great part of the show to the best part of the show pretty fast. So I am firmly on board now. A lot of people have been turned off by the girliness of Supergirl, but to me, that is a feature, not a bug. I like girly things, too. And the simple fact that something's girly doesn't automatically make it less good. It's just different. So as much as I loved Jessica Jones, I could only handle so much dark and gritty. I found myself slowing down as I watched that series because I needed more and more space in between the episodes the the longer I went on. Um, so it's really nice having a comic book hero who I can watch having fun and have fun watching. Um, and actually, I would watch the heck out of a James Olsen show, too. Just it's, It feels so weird to have the main characters of shows I like be women and the pretty, pretty sidekick characters to be men. Is, is this what it's like for you guys all the time? <laughs> all the time. Because yep. it is so amazing. That's pretty cool. I, I can't. I'm, I'm, I'm not quite used to it. You can see why we all try to keep it this way. Yeah, it's <laughs> pretty great. Makes sense. It's awesome. Yeah. You just explained the patriarchy in a way <laughs> yep. I can understand. <laughs> Yep. 
so I guess when it comes down to it, the thing I really liked best about 2015 from a media standpoint is it just gave me so much stuff that I felt like was for me. Um, not just the TV superheroes, but I also read the first collection of Ms. Marvel this year. And then there's Rey in Star Wars. And like, I know that's the way things should be since, you know, women do make up about half the population. But it's it's so new to me that I still can't help flailing all over the place, especially <laughs> when those properties are doing so well financially. I'm like, see, Hollywood, mm. we like to spend money, too. So I look forward to spending more of my pink, glittery, girly money on, in 2016 if they keep giving me good characters Whoa, like whoa, this. they give you special money? Money in Canada is weird. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> Actually, our uh, $50 bills, they're, they're reddish. So they're kind of pink, I guess. All of Canada's reddish. And they, they actually do have glittery like sh- sparkles in them, and part of them are see-through. So, mm. yeah, I okay. will spend my literal glittery money on girly stuff. Let me take a break to tell you about our sponsor. This episode of The Incomparable brought to you by the Zombies Run Virtual Race. Now, this is such a great idea. We all know running helps get you fit. A lot of people run. I've been uh, running on and off for the last year. Um, But it's also really boring. And you want to stick something in your ear holes. Maybe you listen to podcasts. Maybe you listen to music. This is a virtual race that makes running fun. Whenever you're out in the world, you head out to run 5 or 10K with your headphones in. And the app immerses you in a thrilling audio story. It's specially designed to match the distance you're running. So while you're running, you'll hear zombies close on your heels. You'll need to pick up the pace. You'll hear fighter jets roaring overhead. Uh, the ticking of a bomb that only you can stop. But you have to run to get there. A lot of really clever ideas. It's an immersive story that also inter- interacts with you and you're running. And the zombies run virtual race. You're not just running around the track. You're running to save the world. Uh, you get a uh, you, When you enter the virtual race, you get the... The audio adventure series that takes you from the start of your training all the way to the end of the race. You get a professional quality technical running tee, a finisher's medal, and a bunch of other great gear. It costs $55. It's way cheaper and more fun than a gym membership. Uh, the first Zombies Run virtual race was held in October of 2015. It was completely sold out. They had 25 entries and a 99.9% satisfaction rate. So a virtual race and a great story to focus the mind while you're running. There, Here's what you need to go visit zombiesvirtualrace.com and if you use coupon code incomparable you'll get five dollars off your entry that's zombiesvirtualrace.com and thank you to zombies run for sponsoring the incomparable david favorite things from 2015 favorite things from 2015 well yeah um, that's what i said not counting things that we talked about on the podcast already um i mean on on the series because you know we have a lot of my media consumption has been tied stuff to that we talked about. Yeah, totally. I, um, but you know, the, I, I will say that the trend of kick-ass female heroes was nice between Inside Out and Fury Road and The Force Awakens. Those were three movies I really enjoyed. God, how did I forget Fury Road? This was this yeah. is the best year ever. I was wondering what was the matter with you guys. <laughs> Saving it for later. It's because it wasn't in the last couple of weeks. Remember, I think. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Months ago. That's right. This, this is the, the worst thing. There's an abundance of things to discuss that meet the, our interests and our likes. How strange that. That's right. Too and, many. and in in related the the DC TV universe, not so much the movie universe of of Flash and Arrow and and the upcoming Legends of Tomorrow, and then Supergirl, sort of tangentially. Uh, which also it took me a while to get into Supergirl, although once they went to the whole Martian Manhunter thing, I went, ah, oh, 
yes, because I never thought I'd get to see that in any kind of live action thing, let alone on TV. That's crazy. That's so expensive to do. But when you disguise them as a human, so much cheaper. <laughs> um, so other other TV things, uh, Master of None, which is on Netflix and is delightful. Um, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend on the CW, if you like weird senses of humor, if you like uh, musical comedy and cleverly written musical comedy, it is it is quite delightful. If you can get past the bad title and the creepy pilot, because it's a little stalkery in the pilot. And then it goes on and it's fine. It's, it's much better. Um, it's kind of like Cougar Town, where if you can just get past the beginning, it's a good show. Um, and then uh, The Expanse, both uh, the, the books and the the TV show, because I, I hadn't read the books until this year. So I, I blame Dan for that. You're welcome. Um, in, in, in a good way. In a good way. Uh, and then going back to the early part of the year, the Parks and Recreation finale, which yeah. made me very happy. Uh, I know I know there were people who were complaining that, oh, it's, it's, you know, they're tying everything up in a nice bow and they're giving happy endings to everyone. But you know what? That's okay. And with these characters, it was really nice to see that. What a crime to make people happy in your entertainment programming. <laughs> How no dare they? And, you know, it was just such a nicely done set of resolutions for all of those characters. But it was also a really nicely written back and forth in time, giving you details when you needed them. It was just a really artfully written episode. So I, I, I really liked that. Sticking to TV for a second. Peter Capaldi. Peter Capaldi. Not even necessarily the episode. Peter Capaldi? Peter Capaldi. <laughs> Peter Capaldi. Peter Come Capaldi. Come on. Because, <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, I've, I've enjoyed the show, but uh, playing the Doctor Who levels in Lego Dimensions has been delightful because it is Peter Capaldi grunting when you're making him leap and flail. And it's just this little, <clears throat> but it's clearly him. It's adorable. Um, so yeah, Lego dimensions is something else I've enjoyed this year. Um, let's see movies. Well, Fury Road and Inside Out, uh, Ant-Man, I've already mentioned, uh, the, the spy movies this year were surprisingly decent. And, uh, the James Bond, Film was not one of them uh, that was surprisingly decent. Uh, but The Man from Uncle was lovely. Mission Impossible Rogue Nation was really good, surprisingly. Um, and Spy with Melissa McCarthy and Jason Statham uh, was really surprised me because I was not expecting much, but it was very funny. Books, like I said, The Expanse, The Thrilling Adventures of Loveless and Babbage, a graphic novel by Sidney Padua, which is delightful. Uh, if if people enjoy the radio theater, they will probably enjoy this. To oh oh and and Hamilton, uh, going to Broadway yeah. uh, cast recordings uh, somewhere. Serenity just just laughed and doesn't know why. She's like, oh, he mentioned Hamilton. Um, I once that got here, I have listened to it pretty much nonstop. No pun intended nonstop. for a couple of weeks. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, it's, it is, it's not just that one song is a showstopper or an earworm. It's two full albums of a sung through pretty much every moment of the musical is on the cast album. And the whole thing is an earworm. It mm -hmm. is amazing. Does things to your brain. 
I, I wake up in the middle of the yeah. night with with bits of Hamilton and and it's like stop I need to go back to sleep and it's always something different. Yeah, it's always a different one. Yeah, I mean some days Game I'll be Hamilton. walking around with with the room where it happens. The next day it'll be wait for it. The yeah. next day oh, it's, it cycles it's, through. Uh, but your Skyler brain is sisters. trying to trying to file all that stuff away, and yeah. there's just yeah. there's too but much. But it's so good. Yeah, yeah. And and I mean, the other the only other thing I have on my notes for stuff I liked um, a lot of the other media that I that I consumed this year was either uh, research for my own stuff or research for radio theater. And the most delightful of all of that was listening to hours and hours of the goon show from the BBC <laughs> to get episode five of the radio theater just right. So that if, if you have free time and a really weird sense of humor and you enjoyed that episode, go there, there are episodes all over online. You can buy them legally on iTunes. You can listen to them sometimes on the BBC iPlayer for free. There's, There's a bunch of them at archive.org. There's tons at archive.org. Just go listen to it. It is hilarious. And if and if you didn't get episode five or you want to know more about why episode five is like that, this will explain all of it mm. pretty much. All right. Glenn, do you have some favorites for uh, 2015? Wait, I'm on this episode? Oh, no. no. Monty, no, you're do you not. have <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I got a bunch of stuff and uh, strangely not too much. Uh, none of it's written in German and very little of it overlaps with anybody else's. So I'll omit what? a few. But I know. I'm, not, I'm off brand. Uh, I'll say. <laughs> uh, I just discovered – so I don't have a lot of time to listen to podcasts ironically <laughs> given how many that I'm on at times. Not even commercially? Uh, you listen ironically. Uh, hey, just listen to the ads. Listen to the ads. Fast forward Squarespace bringing you Glenn. Uh, but the uh, But I try to listen to new ones. When I can, and uh, I've discovered some new ones during the year, but the one that I think is most germane to uh, this discussion is Hello from the Magic Tavern, which people have been raving about for months. They did a live performance at uh, this year's XOXO conference, uh, which I w- is the uh, fourth one, the only one I haven't been at. Uh, and um, I just heard people say charming things about it, but I'm like, ah, you know, I don't have time and there's all these episodes and I don't have a commitment. And it sounds like, you know, it's like a fictional, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, just put it off. And I finally just, uh, I saw someone mention it again recently, listened to the latest episode. And then that plunged me into the descent of uh, going back and listening to the entire catalog. And it's a, uh, it's an improv show where they started with a very thin conceit that uh, this guy named Arnie, it's really his name fell through a dimensional portal into the magical land of Foon, which is kind of a Narnia or uh, Lord of the Rings-like world. And there's, uh, you know, he's there with a wizard and he's in a tavern and there's a shape changer who always is actually mostly shaped as a badger. And um, he t- runs it like a regular podcast. And the the cast is all uh, improv people and they are constantly inventing things, but everything they invent becomes canon, which is then incorporated into future episodes. And the degree to which they are doing world building live and it actually works. So I listened to some later episodes before going back to the beginning and I find that things they said uh, when the show launched early this year, it, they have some, you know, uh, description of continuity. So they bring them up again, you know, eight months later and it makes sense. So they're creating a self-consistent improv world that's very funny, very charming. And there's real emotion in the middle of it too. Quite like it. So I enjoyed finding that. The best uh, American science fiction and fantasy of 2015 edited by Joe Hill, which is a uh, – uh, I've been reading um, collections of sci-fi and fantasy for decades. So it's a great way to get exposed to new stuff too. But I'd kind of fallen out of the habit because I felt like what I was getting in some uh, uh, compendiums was not – 
things that I found were interesting, like their sort of trends or tendencies or the editor's quirks. Uh, I'd heard good things about this. I picked it up and it is full of interesting new writing. Some of it really difficult and weird, some of it very mainstream, but I got exposed to a bunch of new authors. And uh, this is what you get out of the being a Hugo voter too, obviously, as you Worldcon uh, voters get access to a lot of that material too. Although um, it may be a smaller pool or it's not edited in the same way. It's because of voting, you're going to see it and so forth. So I, I like that collection quite a bit. Sandman, uh, which is not new, exactly. <laughs> not no, a little bit no, wait, of it, but mostly no, it is not. A little new. So I there reread some, the, yeah. the, you know, you can the the whole uh, run of the original series is in a giant four volume set. That's each volume, which is like ten pounds. And uh, my local library has them. So a few years ago, I wanted to read the series. I got them out, read the whole thing. This year, I reread them because I wanted to go back. I'd missed remembering some parts of the plot and I enjoyed it. And uh, then I also bought the new Overture Deluxe Edition, which is all the stuff, like some existing stories and pieces and new material put together, the lead up to how the Sandman series uh, runs. It's actually, it's very good. It's very much in the same universe and uh, has some great themes and it's very, very gaming. Uh, and if you like gaming, you'll like it a lot. Um, I think, uh, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't say that one of the things I enjoyed most in 2015 was Doctor Who, partly because uh, I I think I was, you know, I like Capaldi. I, I was not as big Peter as Capaldi. Capaldi. I know. A big Clarifon. 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 Clarification. Clarifan. Clarifon. Clarifon. Okay, this exactly. is going to a dark place, you guys. And, uh, this, this is brought to you by Floricon. Uh, Garingi's Dark Place is a whole different show. You're all confused. <laughs> but those are actually his grunts. I found very – oh, my God. Wow. That's not a human centipede, but we're getting close, Jason. I'll be the judge of that. <laughs> I enjoyed this season as we'll talk about in a different episode. I'll enjoy the season quite a lot, especially the last three episodes of the season, including the Christmas special. <clears throat> we'll be talking about that soon. Um, I, this year, I also uh, managed to read – I have a hard time finding time to read and watch television. I can listen to podcasts. I just uh, – I don't have that much leisure time. And that's uh, part of my 2016 goal is I want to get back into um, into reading. And so uh, uh, I read The Golem and the Genie, which uh, uh, is by a friend of the show, regular uh, a guest. Um, Helene Wecker, yeah. I just remember how to pronounce her name. Yes, and it was great. And uh, one of my favorite books of the last decade or more. I think it's a wonderful thing, and I put it up there with Night Circus. It's not a new book, but I read it for the first time this year, and I've been recommending it to anybody looking for uh, a new book to read. Uh, I don't have a 2015 pick like that. I did read uh, the first in the trilogy by uh, Ramez Nam, also a friend of the show, uh, Nexus. He's now got the whole trilogy, John. Nexus, Crux, and Apex. Nexus is full of challenging, interesting ideas about the future of uh, humanity with a lot of, um, I'd say there's a great William Gibson-y kind of feel, but it's really also unique. Um, so he's exploring ideas. He's a futurist and uh, expert on solar power and the future of energy, And um, but he doesn't make it a dogmatic book. It's just kind of kind of cool. So looking forward to actually catching up and reading the next two parts of that. And likewise, Madeline Ashby, who I got to meet when she came uh, through Seattle and interviewed her at a, a bookstore. Um, her book, VN, uh, is a trilogy as well. She has ID out now. And then uh, the third book is Rev. And it's a kind of book ex looking at uh, artificial humans that um, and kind of the uh, the rights and nature in which we might deal with them. And um, it's a great exploration and a, another great kind of um, story that's <laughs> the VN is a surprising story. Lots of interesting twists and turns. So I read the first of those. The second is out and the third is coming. Um, 
And then again, this is kind of a, a past future thing is uh, the Afoot po- podcast launched on this network this year with uh, some people on this show being regular guests already. Uh, we, uh, I'm rereading oh, soup. I know those guys on that show. I think I went to uh, school with uh, one of their cousins. You, <laughs> no, some of us. Uh, so I'm rereading. I'm reading Sue Grafton, which I never read because everyone's been suggesting that we're going to do an episode on it. So I'm, you know, I'm at the B. I'm going to try to read A, B, C, Q, and S. Um, but she just came out with X, which is not for anything apparently, which bothers David that it's just X. Uh, yeah, and, it's, uh, cheating. It's, it's cheating. It's cheating. Cheating. X is for should be It's just nothing. X. It marks the spot. On Ulysses David. S. Grant. Is that what's happening? Huh. And. Um, so and then I'm, so we're gonna also watch Buffy the no sorry Buffy we're gonna watch Veronica Mars uh, has got through more of Buffy uh, only 15 years after it's on uh, this year I've got through season five so far so far but uh, go back and look at Veronica Mars and we'll be talking about that so I'm looking forward to that next year I think that's about that's a lot of the things I like a lot of things 2015 Monty now I will come to you all right what do you got many things that have already been mentioned strangely enough <laughs> <laughs> right, moving on <laughs> so i really like this movie mad max fury road ah, and this movie I, star I wars the force awakens hmm. i do have some comments about it that i will keep to myself <laughs> <laughs> one comment i really liked how poe was not the star you know, at the beginning of the movie, yeah. it seems like he's going to be the star. Then they just kind of pan away from him. And he goes and has his adventures off screen. Uh, television, like people have said already, I thought Jessica Jones was great. I haven't finished it yet because, as with Steve with BoJack Horseman, I, I kind of want to, like, pace myself. Yep. <laughs> so it's a little grueling to shotgun all the way through. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to take that downward spiral slowly. Yeah. Speaking of downward spiral, one show that ended this year that I thought was amazing was Hannibal. It's a beautiful show. It's it's a feast for the eye. It's a feast for the eyes. And it's a really interesting approach to adaptation where they take the source material and then mix it all up. So they give storylines to different people and move lines around. But it's still sort of the same thing. If they had another season, they were going to try to get into Silence of the Lambs, but it's not at all clear how this Will Graham and this Hannibal Lecter could possibly have that Silence of the Lambs relationship. But they didn't have to, so they just ended it with basically Will and Hannibal kissing like everybody wanted them to. Very sweet. All right. Uh, uh, Gravity Falls is one episode away from retirement, and it's just fantastic. I've mentioned this before, and people, Jason, haven't watched it. It's really good. Nope. Uh, for the record, that's the third Kristen Shaw property that's been mentioned on this show so far, along with she's Bob everywhere, Burgers man. You can't get rid of man on Earth. Yeah, uh, I don't. They're not geeky things technically, but I will say I really liked with Bob and David. I didn't think Mister Show would ever come back, and then it pretty much did, and it was Mister Showy enough for me. <laughs> uh, I don't know how they're going to be able to do too many more returns, though, with Bob and David both being busy working actors. Like, Bob has a real gig on Better Call Saul. Um, It took me a few tries to get into The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, but once I got there, I really liked it and watched pretty much the whole episode in one uh, sitting. I can can go with that, yeah. Uh, I really liked the show Another Period, which stars Ricky Lindholm and... Natasha Leggero as kind of a cross between um, Keeping Up with the Kardashians and Downton Abbey. 
It was a very silly show, <laughs> but I enjoyed it a lot. David has already mentioned Hamilton, uh, which I, too, have listened to 10 million times. I listened to it so much, I ended up reading Ron Chernow's biography, Hamilton. I'm about halfway through that one. <laughs> Same here. It's hard not to have the song stuck in your head while you're reading it, right? Yeah. Yep. 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 Well, and, and I just wanted to know all the things that, that I know he changed for dramatic license. and, and But he's he's done a really artful job of not really messing up the history of it, which is yeah. Cool. Yeah, there's he, a lot of things that are wrong, but it's okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. He rearranges some things, like actually Philip died after the uh, Burr or Jefferson decision, but that's not as dramatically right. interesting, so they put it before Yeah, it. and the older sister was right. already married when she met Hamilton, and it's fine. And there's like whatever. nine other Schuyler sisters, but whatever. <laughs> oh, you Alex heads. You guys could probably talk about this all day. Yeah, It's a hell of a lot closer than 1776. Just tuning in to the Hamilton episode, of, which we probably should do at some point. Does that point. mean I can leave? Seriously. Nope. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you're, nope, don't don't, you're don't spoil it. She doesn't know how it ends. Don't spoil it for her. All right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> don't worry. I'm never going to get to the end of that thing. <laughs> for Erica, I am four four books into the Dark Tower series. Woohoo! Trying oh, to read six hundred and seventy four more to go. <laughs> well, there's four of the official series books, and because I'm trying to read all of the books that are associated with it. And there's a lot of websites with dis strong disagreements on whether this ah. ancillary book should be read here or here. I think I'm actually like nine books in, and they're Stephen King books, so it's effectively 15 or so. It's really <laughs> difficult when they say, all right, now before you read book five, you're going to need to read The Talisman and, oh, also this book and this book and, ah, what the heck, this one and this one and this one too, just in case. <laughs> I'm doing it and it's taking a while. I feel your pain. I, yeah. I I went through that one of my times through as well. Already I'm asking myself, do I really need to read 1122, 1963? Because Hulu's doing an adaptation of it with James Franco <laughs> yeah. and J.J. Abrams. I could just watch that. It's basically the same thing. I really like that book. I'm looking forward to that adaptation. Games, I only played Dragon Age and Arkham Knight this year. I played Arkham Knight all the way through twice, which is super boring, and I don't recommend it. You don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> that's no, that's going on the box. Thank you for doing that for us. I appreciate there that. There are about 100 too many Riddler I'm things stuck to on around I'm stuck on Riddler puzzles, Monty. I got like 100 left, and there's like a little bit of story at the end of it, and I'm just so like, uh, I just YouTube it probably. <laughs> like I say, I've done the whole thing twice because I switched I don't from understand. Xbox 360 You're... to Xbox One partway through, and you oh. get more gamer points if you do it on both systems. <laughs> You're very devoted. <laughs> huh. And I played all the way through Dragon Age Inquisition and then started over the Dragon Age series, so I also played through Dragon Age 1 and 2 this year. That's a lot of Dragon Age. Dragon Age 2 is correctly maligned. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Ouch. I think that's all I can think of. All right. Uh, did I mention Star Wars? Yeah. All right. Never heard of there's, it. There's, there's a Star Wars. Wars. Yeah. There's stars. There's huh. Wars. It's fine. I wish the stars would... The Pose. The Tinky I, Winkies. Yeah. I, I did enjoy Space Tropes. Clever Pose. So that was, that was a good movie. Um, that was a good uh, Teletubbies reference there, uh, Steve, and I was thinking you of like that, that too. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, character <laughs> Tinky, names. Tinky Winky Dameron, less well known. <laughs> less well known. It's almost as brother. good as Kylo Ren. Yeah. This episode of The Incomparable being brought to you in part by Casper Mattresses. These are obsessively engineered American-made mattresses at a shockingly fair price. You spend about a third of your life on your back sleeping. 
better to make that a good experience and how do you do that with a good mattress? Casper is something that you can get over the internet. It's shipped to you. You can try it for more than uh, more than three months, a hundred days of a trial. And if you don't like it at any point in those 100 days, they will take it away and you get your money back. So there's no reason not to try it. And you don't have to go through the ridiculous things that you have to go through at mattress stores where you lay down on a mattress or two or three for for 30 seconds and say, oh, how, how would this feel over eight hours? There's no way to know in that situation. So in this case, it's actually better to order your mattress on the internet because you can send it back if you aren't satisfied. Casper has two different technologies that it uses for its mattresses. So there's a latex foam layer and a memory foam layer. Uh, you put them together and you get a very comfortable mattress that's got the right, the, the right sink on top and the right bounce with the, uh, a firmer amount of support underneath. No matter how you sleep, it's pretty cool, pretty great. Uh, I have one. I've been sleeping on it for more than a year. Uh, and it's great. I, I, I enjoy the mattress a lot. It's way better than my old mattress. So I, I all I can tell you is I am a satisfied Casper customer. And if you haven't tried it out and you're in need of a new mattress, you should give it a look. Um, and the prices are competitive, very much uh, better prices than you'll get for premium mattresses at the mattress store. It's $500 for a twin, $950 for a king. I like that these prices are all uh, basically the same all the times I tell you about Casper. That's pretty cool. They don't have like some kind of a mattress sale that they do, like the eternal mattress sales that are happening at the mattress warehouse. It's just uh, $500 for a twin, $950 for king there are other sizes in between that are prices in between it makes total sense and you can save fifty dollars with a coupon code called snell you go to casper.com slash snell my last name and use code snell terms and conditions apply thank you so much to casper for sponsoring the incomparable um dan things oh, from hey. 2015 how's it going hey dan are you on this one <laughs> yeah uh well i was i missed the first hour of it but i'm i'm catching up um yeah. You were watching Star Wars again. I was. I'm sorry. I'm in the theater right now. If you guys could just keep it down. <laughs> Glenn only talked for about 45 minutes. So. Hey. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty hard to carve out some ground that hasn't been covered. Yeah, it's true. W- well trodden at this point. Um, but I'll say I, a couple things that I didn't get a chance to do as much of as I would like this year. I didn't get to see that many movies in the theater. And uh, I think all of the ones that I did were Star Wars. Now, all of the ones I did were mentioned. <laughs> Uh, which include Star Wars, which we've spent plenty of time discussing. Uh, Ant-Man, I also liked it uh, quite a bit. Uh, I think it's unfortunate that in some ways. I think it has been maligned in some corners, unfortunately, um, for larger problems with the Marvel Universe, which is fair. Um, but I think the movie itself is is vastly entertaining. Um, I really love the new Mission Impossible movie, which David mentioned. I thought the last two of those have both been excellent uh, it's super great spy adventure movies. Um, Tom Cruise willing to poke fun at himself, uh, which is, I think, perhaps his greatest asset in the last several movies. He's, you know, I look at that and I look at like uh, Edge of Tomorrow. Uh, and so I think, you know, Tom Cruise is, you know, might be a crazy person, but when, when deployed well, he does a great job. Uh, Inside Out, which I just caught the, for the second time, caught the second half of this week because uh, one of my cousins got it for Christmas and sat down. And once you start watching it even halfway through, you must continue all the way to the end. Um, still got me to tear up uh, at the same part. So impressive that. <laughs> Bing bong. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Come on. Oh, oh I'm, I'm I'm only human, Jason. Um I didn't get to read that many books this year, and of the ones I did, I was largely underwhelmed. Uh, the two that stood out for me, I was looking back over the ones that I've kept track of so far, were the latest installment of The Expanse, of course, Nemesis Games, 
Uh, that series just, I just devour those books when they come out and I find them fantastic. Uh, and all the other books, of all the other books I read, the only other one that I could really speak, well, I guess there were two I could speak very impossibly of. One was The Goblin Emperor, which I quite liked. Oh, yeah. Um, and the other was uh, our a friend of the show, Helene Wecker's The Golem and the Genie, which isn't new, but I, I read it this year. Um, and I quite enjoyed that as well. Um, let's see. Uh, TV actually was a pretty good year. Uh, I just binged and caught up with iZombie, which I think is fantastic. Um, Glenn mentioned Veronica Mars. It's very Veronica Mars-like, unsurprisingly, since Rob Thomas is behind yeah. the shows. Yeah, people are recommending uh, that quite a bit. Yeah, that's one that should have been on my list too. <laughs> yeah, many of the cast in there are, uh, or the there are guest characters who from or guest actors who are from Veronica Mars. Also, just one of the best. I, I what, what constantly impresses me about that series is uh, that they do such a great job with characters who could otherwise be really cookie cutter standard. Um, two-dimensional characters who fit like a specific role. Uh, I think here in particular of Major, uh, the the main character's ex-fiance, who starts out and could be a really just sort of boring, like, oh, he's the old ex-boyfriend, and has and instead an incredibly nuanced and fascinating arc over both the first season and the first half of the second season. Um, and in particular, also Clive, the detective she works with, who ha- who got a particularly great episode... Uh, most recently, where it turns out that he is a closet Game of Thrones fan, which was amazing. Um, the good year for superhero shows, uh, Jessica Jones obviously has been mentioned a ton. It's it's really good. Um, I actually had the opposite problem of everybody else, apparently, whereas I started watching it and could not stop. Um, I was also <laughs> laid up with a foot injury at the time, which really helps. Uh, yeah, um, and uh, good year, Indicial uh, Supergirl was mentioned. I've been enjoying that. Um, Agent Carter, which which did not get mentioned but should be mentioned, uh, was in January, way back in January, and there's a second season in the next few weeks. Uh, I really loved the first season. Haley Atwell is awesome, uh, and I really love the chemistry with her and uh, James Darcy. Um, I, I forgot I, all about that. And yeah. it's just a fantastic show, and I'm so super high, super excited that it is coming back for a second season. Uh, the first season of The Flash wrapped up this year, which was really good. I thought they did such a fantastic job of exploring that universe and expanding the CWDC-verse. Um, season four of Arrow has started really good this year after a really lackluster end to season three. So I'm very uh, optimistic about that. But of course, there's a whole show where we talk about that. Um I was found myself kind of mixed on the Doctor Who this season, but I ha- did greatly enjoy the Christmas special, which we discussed earlier. Uh, and oh man, thought, we are no longer twins. I know this is weird. I feel <laughs> I'm sorry, Erica. And we're um, wait, and we're no longer nemeses, are we? This is well, weird. Not quite. I don't know, I don't know how I like. I don't know how I feel about this. It's Let's it's character development. Yet. 2015 um, is a topsy-turvy year. What? It's crazy. So, well, we'll see how 2016 treats us. Um, Daredevil got mentioned sort of ancillary, but I, I thought, you know, that was a... I really enjoyed that, despite its flaws. Um, I, I really thought it's a, a fascinating show. Great casting um, and some truly fantastic fight choreography. Um, Master of None. Great year for Netflix, too. Lots of great series on Netflix. So those guys are doing a fantastic job. Um, Good job, Netflix. Yeah, great job, Netflix. Keep it up. Keep going with that. Uh, I got to play a few games this year, although most of my time was consumed by playing Destiny on my Xbox, which I 
enjoy even though uh it's kind of <laughs> all consuming um i enjoyed the room three on my ipad new puzzle game i love, love puzzle games and i just recently this week played a new board game called cult express where you get to rob a train in the old west which is super fun um and then the other thing was i, I you know i started uh, i signed up for marvel unlimited this year and i've been devouring a bunch of series i want to say in particular i i was surprised i really feel that the um great uh great work in general of uh there are lots of great female per- female protagonist led series that i've been enjoying ms marvel was already mentioned but i would like to throw in captain marvel um which i just thought was great uh the unbeatable squirrel girl which i quite enjoyed mm. as well which is hilarious um and ryan north's work on that is just is just it, it cracks me up every issue uh it's incredibly funny uh spider woman also a great they've done a great job with that in in some of that and then there's a bunch of star wars comics which are of middling value but i've been enjoying reading all of them um and i went back and, re- and read the other night the uh first issue of the old uh star wars 1977 comic book which was hilarious that's where darth vader gets the cup of it's coffee. coffee i know i saw that part and was like oh we talked about this yeah. on the incomparable episode but it was it there are so many other little bizarre things throughout that that comic that is it just makes it a delight and sort of weird time capsule to read uh and then uh events steve mentioned sasquan i i loved getting to go and record some episodes live uh including some in front of live oh, yeah, that's audiences right. Dan was there i know you, you almost forgot steve uh i could not let you forget and then earlier in the year i got to go to the star wars celebration in anaheim which was also a great deal of fun and completely over the top uh and got to see you know jj abrams and the whole cast and debut the second trailer and lots of people in fantastic costumes Got to partake in a Star Wars scavenger hunt puzzle hunt thing that was super fun. Uh, and my friend has our trophy from that, so I will never get to see it again. Huh. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, and and uh, that, that pretty much wraps up my, uh, my media list. I, I'm really looking forward to reading. There are a couple books coming out in 2016 that I'm super psyched about. So I'm, I'm hopeful that I'll get my reading back on track in 2016. But otherwise, uh, 2015, pretty good, pretty good year, I think. Uh, I, uh, now that, now that I'm going last, everything has been basically taken, uh, books, the Goblin Emperor is the book. It's not a draft, Jason. It's It's not not a draft. draft. (laughs) Um, books, Goblin Emperor, um, which has been mentioned, but that's the book that I recommend to people. If people say to me, Hey, what book should I read? It's, that's, that's still my default. Last year was, uh, uh, Gollum and the Genie. This year, Goblin Emperor. Movies, uh, I believe the one that didn't get mentioned, unless I missed it, is The Martian, which was also, oh. I thought, quite good. Um, Force Awakens, The Martian, Inside Out. Uh, TV, The Expanse, I am loving. Uh, we mentioned Daredevil. I really like Daredevil a lot. Bob's Burgers, I, I may have discovered that late last year, but regardless, it's been uh, a joy to, to watch that show because that is a, a goldmine of, of laughter. Um, and I really have enjoyed FXX's uh, comedy, You're the Worst. <sighs> I was about to say that. Yes. Took, I, I yes. left that one for you, Jason. That's I just started one. watching that this week. It's fantastic. So we watched the first season uh, on, on Hulu, I believe, and now we're on to the second season, which just finished airing. Um, I believe on FXX. Very good, very very good, very funny, uh, kind of anti-romantic romantic comedy, and in a brilliant way. So yeah, and uh, I still am uh, loving the Flash actually. So I'm gonna, I'll throw that in there. We mentioned Hamilton. Can't get it out of my head. And on the video game side, I wanted to put in a word for Splatoon, which is a fantastic first-party game on the Wii U. That is a shooter, uh, a network shooter where everything is with paint, so nobody dies. And uh, everybody Aww. has a good time. 
and it is a it is a great take on uh, on a network play shooter because you are you can you can knock people out of the game temporarily by covering them in paint, but the goal is to actually control territory by painting it. And uh, as anybody remembers from our portal episode where I talked about the the joys of just painting the 3D terrain uh-huh. in a various <laughs> level, Splatoon that is all you do. So I recommend it. It's a very good game for the Wii U adds to my list yeah it's good it's good if you got a wii u anyway uh which you know i do and hey, I, hey, do. I thought we weren't gonna talk about now. that on this episode you steve i've got a wii glenn yeah oh the wii I've free got men. A wii glenn. i come in fun sizes i'm not sure ooh, i got ooh, a wii ooh. u necessarily uh but. We, we me uh the uh let's talk about uh things that we liked from the incomparable and related podcasts and uh we will i'll ask uh, our our uh our contestants again. I always like to call you contestants. Our panelists about, and I'll also throw in some letters from the uh, from the listeners because a bunch of listeners wrote in with their suggestions too. Uh, Steve, why don't we start with you? Things that you uh, things that uh, you like from the podcast from the last year. I really enjoyed that we joke that happened just now, but I'm going to say that to next year's See if you've been making that you've been making we jokes on podcasts since like 2006. I have. It's kind of my thing. I yeah. feel like I kind of uh, I I, you, you I broke that. the ground on that because mm-hmm. if I hadn't done it, nobody would have. Nope. Oh, so there's a much better alternate universe we could be in. That's good. To know. <laughs> uh. Actually, I actually have kind of a lot of uh, a lot of episodes. I mentioned it's a pretty good year for podcasting. I thought. I'm actually going to cheat a little on the first one because this episode was technically from last year, but it was recorded the day before the clip show. And we were still too shell-shocked from our viewing of the Star Wars Holiday Special <laughs> for us to bring it up the next day. That's true. That's actually um, true. It is But 226, true. stop circulating the tapes, I think is hysterical and needs to be mentioned. Um, it has become a required epilogue to my annual Life Day viewing <laughs> yep. of the Star Wars Holiday Special. Topor is robot spelled backward. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's a great episode. It's uh, it's highly recommended if you haven't, even if you haven't seen the Star Wars Holiday Special. It's worth checking which out. seriously you probably don't, don't want to don't do. watch it. No, no. Do I finally no. watched no. it this year, but I did the Rift Tracks one at Steve's recommendation, which was yes. it, it, it eases the pain easier. It, it yes. kept me from chewing my arm. Off, so <laughs> yeah. Thank you. No. Yeah, we I had, actually have reached the point where I enjoy the show itself unironically now. Whoa. So maybe I've watched Whoa. it a few too many times. Whoa. I don't think there should oh, be a maybe no. in front of that. After the Force Awakens, we had a, we had a detailed conversation uh, at dinner last night about. Uh, about the Chewie's line about being cold, Han says, "Oh, sure, you're, you know, you're, oh, you're cold." And we were like, "But we know where the Wookies live." And and Lauren was like, "Do they live in the?" Fl-? And she's like, "No, no, that's the Ewoks." Oh, and there was that moment of like, "Oh, we." It was the holiday special. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the tree. They're covered in fur coats. With Art How Carney. How cold can he be? Yeah, how cold Art could he be? Carney. Art Carney is dun, there. Dun, 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 dun. I kind of like the fact that Harrison Ford had like the uh, the Red October jacket on in that part. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he wasn't yeah, in that, though. That's a good one. That's a good, that's, yeah. That's a good eh, one. Yeah, well, whatever. Uh, I also really liked uh, 232, Learning to Love Heidi 2, our Groundhog Day episode, yeah. mainly yes. because I love that movie so much. And it's fun to be talking about a movie I actually care about for a change. <laughs> it's a very funny episode. I recommend it. Uh, 237 and 238 are episode three episodes, which I thought was a fittingly painful conclusion to our 7,000 hours of prequel coverage. <laughs> yep. All the prequel episodes are solid, but that uh, that one I think was particularly cathartic because it's a really bad movie. Uh, episode 241, Shopping with Mrs. Gehrig. It was hard to pick an old movie club episode that I liked the best, <laughs> but I think this one wins it because I love the Bad News Bears 
And I really enjoy stepping back to a time when a little league coach could pass bottles of Lucky Lager out to his players <laughs> and not immediately be arrested. Uh, so that's it's it's fun because it's a good movie, and it's fun because I remember those simpler times, and it's it's nice to have a little trip back there. Pride of the Yankees was also there. Pride of the Yankees was also present. It, it had its moments. Uh, let's see, I have to mention rocket surgery. I couldn't decide between Zardoz and Frankenstein versus the Space Monster mm. as my favorite rocket surgery episodes. Same here. Um, both surprisingly watchable movies, both very funny panel discussions that I think are good because they come from a place of amusement rather than pain. Yeah, I agree. I'm looking at you, Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> I, I think you're forgetting Joe Rosenstiel's reaction oh. to Zardoz, but... Oh. <laughs> Yeah, but that was totally I worth it. I'll go to the second level with you. He's not even a real guy. <laughs> no. Fake name. No. Um, let's see. Lastly, for the Mothership show, uh, 274, Rudolph's Hideous Mutation, oh. our episode <laughs> yeah. on Charlie Brown, Rudolph and the Grinch. Yeah. Uh, because for some reason, saying terrible things about beloved holiday entertainment <laughs> seems to be right in the toasty, warm center of our butter zone. It, that's our thing. It's we're good at that. We are really, really good really at really destroying good at <laughs> beloved holiday traditions, man. We we yep. ace that one. Yes, and this year's example, I think, was was no exception. Yeah, it's good. We still route. got it. We we still know exactly what we are here for. What we were put on this earth to do. That's right. It's a sad thing that we do, but we do. It <laughs> but well. we do it well. Mm -hmm. uh, game show, I think, has been a blast pretty much across oh, yeah. the board. I've even listened to a few episodes I'm not on of that one. Which wow. Never happens. Yeah, it's true. Hmm? And uh, the radio theater obviously has been a real joy to be a part of, even though I'm not in that one. Uh, so. <laughs> Are you in that one? I, I think, think you're so. in that one. No, uh, no, I, no I, I don't know. I don't think so. Uh, favorite moments? Um, back to uh, the Star Wars holiday special episode. At around an hour and 37 minutes in, yes, we were talking about the holiday special for over an hour and 37 minutes. We were discussing the vintage Fruit of the Loom commercial, <laughs> where the old lady is talking wistfully about her presumably deceased husband. <laughs> <laughs> and Jason says, I found the uh, Fruit of the Loom ad really bittersweet because it's like, well, I'm very old and about to die. And my husband's already dead. Already but when dead. he was alive, he really liked Fruit of the Loom. Fortunately, I'm not alone. I still have a pair of his underpants and these fruit men. <laughs> <laughs> and that line, it just kills me. It's making me laugh just thinking about it. So uh, that's it's really always, the reason I brought that on the bright side, again. Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I still have a pair of underpants <laughs> and these fruit men. <laughs> we we spread several of his underwear out over the ocean. Oh, that's great! But I kept this one. Uh, in a sort of similar vein, episode two twenty eight. It's not a draft. Our twenty fourteen clip show. Uh, John Syracuse actually utters the phrase, I'd love to see Steve's penis log. This is a thing that actually happened. I felt like it deserved mention. Do you have some time code on that one? Uh, you know, I didn't. All right. And that episode's like 600 hours long, so it's probably best not to go looking. Oh. I'd love to see Steve's penis log, where he just writes down every possible sex and poop-related joke on every podcast. Uh... Game show, episode one, inconceivable, exclamation mark, colon, serious nerdery. <laughs> There's a part where uh, Georgia Dow and Lisa Schmeiser start envisioning a T-Rex in a lab coat, and they just start giggling for like a minute. It's hilarious. Yeah. I was making the T-Rex arms over here. I wish you I could engineer me. things. I can't hold test tubes in my <laughs> tiny little arms. <laughs> Sorry. 
sorry, the visual of that is just... <laughs> so are you matching his little arms waving around futilely in his white lab coat? Because that's what I'm doing. Uh, game show episode 13, Golfing with Hitler, Trivial Pursuit 2. Um, there's apparently a part where Dan says, you're a legume, that I really liked. Although apparently not enough to note the time code or the context. <laughs> so good job, Dan, I guess. I'll take that. Jason will be happy to... Listen to that entire, entire episode, episode just to find that one line. <laughs> Thank you, Jason. And here it is. Tony, what's your guess? Uh, potato? That's not a not vegetable. Not a vegetable. The pea. <laughs> yeah, the pea. It's not a tuba. The pea. It's well, not wow. a tuba at all. Wait, what, what was it? The pea. The pea. The pea. Princess and the pea. Peas help me. Pea's not a vegetable either. That's a legume. You're a legume. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it? Okay, okay, fair enough. I'm actually going to declare that my underappreciated joke of the year because even I didn't appreciate it. Apparently. Uh, let's see, just a few more. Episode 259. Oh Summerside. <laughs> You're one to talk, Glenn. Uh-huh. I am one to talk. Episode 259, the summer superhero thing, uh, round two. Uh, at, a, at an hour and 50 minutes, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. That sounds right. Yeah, it's towards the end. Uh, Monty was defending Wolverine. Um, not Canadian, not Tony had Nightcrawler. I asked uh, not Canadian, not Tony what Banff stood for, and he told me and got bleeped. And uh, Monty <laughs> responded with what I think was the perfect comeback of all time. Advocate Chip, you seem to lean heavily in your advocacy of Nightcrawler on, on his Banff catchphrase. If Banff does not stand for that, that thing you said... What does BAMF stand for? Really? Your Honor, my opponent cannot even be bothered to say actual words. Just incoherent beeps that no one understands what he's saying. <laughs> Given that he was not literally bleeped when he spoke, I thought it was pretty, pretty good that. stuff. Yep. <laughs> Uh, let's see, Game Show 19. I'm going to actually uh, reference a low-definition episode. This is the Lear Poop interlude. Time code 4728. Uh, we were doing the word Prussian. Somebody sent in the definition, a young tramp who begs for an older tramp, and Scott McNulty replied, Please, can I have an older tramp? <laughs> uh, which made me laugh. That was really good. And uh, last but not least, of course, there was that one time in the clip show last year uh, when I picked listener Ben, picking listener ATN, picking me, picking me, picking listeners Lori, Janice, and Chad, picking me, pick... Hang on. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on a sec, guys. I think somebody's out in the hall. Hang on. Hello? Hey, who's out there? What do you want? Calm down. Calm down. Put down that microphone, young man. You have nothing to fear from me, because, as you can see, I'm you, only older. Hey, you look just like me, only older. Yes, yes. And I've come to warn you to stop this madness before it's too late. What the hell are you talking about, old me? The clip loop. I've traveled here from a future time when the clip loop has destroyed all. What? <laughs> That's the present. In just a few of your Earth years, the clip loop will have grown to such a bloated abomination that the incomparable Zeppelin will no longer be able to contain it. What's that? First, it bled over into the other incomparable network shows. Total Party Kill, Robot or Not, 
the Glenning Hour of Glenning featuring Glenn. <laughs> so oh, can you tell us if Skeletor is a robot? All the time. Even low definition. Well, that sounds like a solid improvement. Most were in agreement that it was. <laughs> but all other podcasts soon followed. Radio Lab, The Flop House, Spatscast, and its sister show, Cufflinks Chat, all succumbed <laughs> to the inexorable repetitive drone of the Kibble. <laughs> Even the Gimlet shows became briefly entertaining, but then quickly turned hopelessly forced and dull. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh. And somebody noticed? Of course not. That's what made it so insidious. But it didn't stop there. Soon, every mobile device, computer, and game console would do nothing but play the clip loop. The internet backbone shattered itself in several places just so it would no longer have to carry it. The world economy collapsed overnight. But with all the rioting, we barely noticed when Skeletor himself emerged from the cornfield and declared himself supreme ruler of what we now call Planet Grayskull. My God, that's... That's dumb. What you're saying is dumb. Close your eyes and focus on the time stream, and you will know it to be true. The very air is thick with the ripples. Oh, actually, that's, uh, well, the cat was in here just a few moments ago. <laughs> Close them! <laughs> all right, all right. I, I do sense something horrible brewing. It's probably just the chipotle I had for lunch, but... All right, fine. I'll stop with the clip loop. I was getting sick of the damn thing anyway, but... You know, the listeners. Listeners who claim to enjoy the clip loop are mostly crazy people anyway. That's just what I think. <laughs> anyway, it ends here. The future is saved. Hooray. Now go on, get out of here. We're recording an episode, you old coot. Fine, fine. I've done what I came for. Oh, uh, you mind if I use your toilet before I go? Future Chipotle. Oh, man, I'll never learn. <laughs> Go ahead, it's just around the corner to the- I know where it is! I lived here too, you know! Just go! You've made the whole room smell like future Ben Gay. It's worse than the cat crap. Ah, uh, hey guys, I'm back. Oh, good. What? Hey, uh, something, uh, something kind of crazy just happened. So you were, you were saying something about- <laughs> about, about Ben and Etienne. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, with apologies to the listeners, I can, uh- can no longer in good conscience pick the Skeletor clip loop as a favorite moment of 2015. Sorry, folks. It's, it's really, it's for your own good. Wait, but if you don't pick it, his future never existed, so he never really came back to warn you not to pick it. These are oh, good well. points. Don't think too hard about it. This, this explains the food poisoning Chipotle. That's all I know. Anything else, Steve? Uh, yeah, I have a few more things. <laughs> <laughs> I think what I just said was pretty darn funny. I'd like to listen to it again. Right? Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Doesn't count. They're playing this in 2016. <sighs> All right. Yeah, well, I guess I'm done. Okay. Before I go to Erica, I'll, re- I'll read a note from uh, one of our, one of our uh, longtime listeners, Clinton. Listener Clinton writes his favorite episodes of 2015, uh, the Star Wars episode three episodes, Uh, 246, the assigned reading episode, 247 on David Letterman, 250, Zardoz. Hi, Glenn. 253, Old Movie Club on the Thin Man and the Maltese Falcon. And he says, favorite moments, episode 241, Old Movie Club on the Bad News Bears. I think this whole movie was shot with natural light. No, natural light doesn't actually show up in Buttermaker's hand at any point. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Steve. (laughs) That may be the one he puts back. (laughs) 
Ah, yes. Uh, Follow up to a uh, 12 favorite moment in episode 245. I don't think that Man of Steel was a great movie. I thought well, it was. I thought it was better. We're on the same one way to put it. Exactly. I thought. I thought. I thought it was better than the first Avengers movie. But oh. <laughs> and episode two seventy, uh, Frankenstein meets the space monster. David's joke when the panelists are discussing what else might be in Karen's satchel. Oh, Nadir is going to look for other Earth devices in Karen's satchel. Knows what he will come up with. <laughs> that was that was redacted for the time. Other Earth devices, advanced looking devices. Yes, indeed. It just makes a buzzing noise. I don't understand. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I know what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Erica, what what are your uh, what are your favorite uh, episodes and or moments? Also, well, if I... there's any any uh, role playing you'd like to do, you may do that as well. <laughs> uh, I'll think about that. Um, I, earlier in the year, when I was fresh off our 2014 clip show, I actually remembered to keep track of some of the moments mm-hmm. that I loved. Um, it actually lasted longer than I thought. It lasted all the way until May. So Ooh, yay nice. me, I guess. <laughs> um, that was that was way longer than I had expected. So I, I the, the four things that I managed to remember to write down in that period of time are as follows. Um, actually, it was the clip show itself, episode 228. It's not a draft. Uh David's kids asked for a Watto impression, or maybe it was the word water. (laughs) (laughs) And someone demanded to call social services. So uh, I'm pretty sure it was a Watto impression. I heard your kids were being mistreated. (laughs) You don't have to go to eBay. (laughs) Uh, And then later on, Jason completely freaked out on all of us with the clip sound effect, but we demanded that he played an even number of times um, mm-hmm. because that's that's what you do. I still um, think we're in a clip from last year. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Whoa. No! Uh, and of course, the awesome song. That was, that was fantastic. Uh, the next thing I have on my list is episode 230, World Class Weirdo, where we talked about Promethea and Alan Moore. Um, it, it just in general, I very much like it when the incomparable provides catharsis, and that episode really did, yeah. um, because those books were profoundly odd. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. World class yeah. weirdo, by the way, referring to the aforementioned Alan Moore. <laughs> yep, that's a weird yeah. guy. Weird guy. Yeah, the, yeah. the titular character, so to speak. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that too. <laughs> Speaking of catharsis, yes, episode two forty six, Schmoop Index, which was the assigned reading one. Uh, yeah, catharsis in <laughs> in all caps. I I loved discovering that Schmoop is actually a thing. We didn't even know that was a thing. We discovered that while googling things during yep. the episode. We discovered that Schmoop is a, an online alternative to Cliff Notes. That uh, mm-hmm. that depending on how uh, when you Google a, 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 an assigned book's title. Um, if the uh, Cliff Notes or Schmoop version is very high up, that suggests something bad about that book. <laughs> yep. And oh man, did we hate <laughs> some of those books. I mean, we were we were kind of, at least I was rooting for the Schmoop Index to be extra high for some of those books that I hated. So, so it was a lot of fun. <laughs> um, and then also in the uh, the bonus track for that episode, uh, 246B, I was, I was appalled by Andy's story about his horrific teacher, but I laughed out loud when Andy said... I, I know that he's either dead or not teaching, or dead and teaching people in hell. <laughs> either, way, either one of the, all, any three of those things satisfies me greatly. Right. So, <laughs> that was something. Um, then just sort of scanning through the, the list of episodes, uh, I, I liked some of the ones that other people have mentioned a little bit. Um, the Zardoz episode was 
I don't know if liked is the right word, but that was an experience. <laughs> Speaking like of catharsis. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the Star Wars Holiday Special episode was kind of along the same lines as Zardoz, come to think of it. I guess I'm glad I saw it, but I'm still not entirely sure. And um, I, I did also like the uh, episode 272 laid a lot of foundations because I appreciated the opportunity to go back and reread the Foundation trilogy, which I quite enjoyed, and then talk about it. Uh, and of course, the Summer Superhero Spectacular was just pretty much hilarity uh, from beginning to end. And I, I finally just like a week ago, got around to listening to the finale, uh, which I was on and didn't really remember because I was so high on codeine. <laughs> that day. Oh God, um, we should have we all, all only the best codeine. for our judges. <laughs> yeah, wow. So, so yeah, I was like, wait, I was, I was on this one and, and I was, so that was the thing. Um, and as far as all of the, the other incomparable awesomeness that's going on, I have really enjoyed unjustly maligned this year i think that's a fantastic idea for a podcast oh. just defending things that you love and and i happily defended episode uh episode one of star wars on episode 10 of unjustly maligned so that was really cool uh I had... hey, it was a good episode <laughs> <laughs> shut up man i love watto i know he's awful but i love him anyway i love a lot of awful people just saying <laughs> that's the title of this episode yep. thank you yep done <laughs> I was going to say, I'm here, aren't I? But I figured that was just too much. Oh. No, I'll take it. No, I, I, I'll, I'll allow it. We just assume you mean Glenn. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. well, we are official nemeses, so. Yeah. This is true. This is true. Uh, one of my favorite things to do all year long has been playing on Total Party Kill. I get my gaming fix, and I get to hang out with some of you guys. It is, it is just Some of you guys. <laughs> Not everybody on this episode is on Total Party Kill, so I didn't want to say all you guys. That would be wrong. Uh-huh. Thank sure. you. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, radio theater, like Steve said, also is just has been a delight. I've loved participating in that. Um, and and doing Lazy Doctor Who as a podcast, which we started this year, has, has been lots of fun. And I really, really like doing a podcast that has so little work involved. Uh-huh. It's wonderful. It's in the premise. That's the brilliance of that. Is it's in yep. the title. It's not just the premise. It's in the title. It's like we're going to be yep. lazy and just uh, record this. Uh, every the show notes actually will say things like recorded on the couch. Yep. Or in bed. Yeah. Or in bed in a hotel room. Whatever. We don't and, care. Yeah. It's and beautiful. then you put a bunch of them out over the course of several days, and you go, "Wait a minute, they're not being lazy." <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, it's because we weren't we weren't working. So I was like, "Well, let's yeah. just let's just watch some Doctor Who." Um, and I think right. as far as just listening to my my favorite thing has also been the the game show feed. Just every yeah. show on there has been delightful, whether I've been on it or not. Um, and I actually thought some of the episodes that I wasn't on were way better than the ones that I was on. So that gives you an idea of uh, of how good I think it is. Because usually I only care about the stuff I'm on. <laughs> Not really, <laughs> but but it has been it has been fun. Inconceivable, I think, is my favorite of all of the shows on there. But but everything has made me laugh, and and I can't wait to be on low definition again because I don't think I've even been on since it's been low definition. So yeah, that's, oh that's man, true. we got to get you back on. And she's in mm-hmm. Canada. It's totally different now. <laughs> <laughs> There are some Canadian issues that had to be worked out, but that's right. Yes, <laughs> we've got the, the border dispute has been yeah. taken care of, and all my paperwork is is filed correctly. Uh-huh. So hopefully, I'll be back. Excellent. Nice. Yep. So so yay, incomparable. All right, yay. Thank you. 
That was great. Um, listener Eric, I'm going to read from 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 his note now, related to something that Erica mentioned. Uh, as a primarily uh, role-playing geek, it is likely no surprise, my favorite moment of 2015 is from Total Party Kill. In a year of great episodes with Regdar's resurrection, complicated subterfuge involving bowls of stew, Thrycreen, Hootenannies, <laughs> and bodies in kilns, it is episode 60, Bedroom Farce, and the interrogation of Chad, the guard, that takes my top spot. This is 26 minutes, mind you. Uh, for those of you who haven't li- listened to Total Party <laughs> Kill, this will tell you everything you need to know about that podcast. 26 minutes of adventurers doing the most difficult thing a roving band of murder hobos can do. Actually having a conversation with someone. From Georgia's opening admonition. So they start to get out of the beds. No, no, uh, don't uh, get uh, out of No, 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 don't do that. Why, why not? I, because we need things from you, but you have to lay in the bed at the same time. I I am uncomfortable with that sentence. <laughs> wow. We've only just met. <laughs> I'm coming in. Everybody snuggle. I got to get in on this action. <laughs> to Erica being okay with covering up murder. Once it's been committed, but drawing the line at gagging a man with his own loincloth. <laughs> We're going to gag him anyway. Don't sweat it. There's a loincloth we can use for a gag just over to the side here. So, uh, Well, Chad is not resisting, so you can do what you will to Chad. I guess that's technically a ball gag. <laughs> oh, dear. I... Most of the things you say, Steve, are ball gags. I do think that we should gag him, but not with his own loincloth. No, he was going to use the other guy's loincloth. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> okay, we just tie him up. We use some bed sheets and... Mm-hmm. All right, and you're going to leave him on... a little gentle the... with Chad. I, I feel kind of bad for Chad. He's oh. just a guy. He's doing and we well. wrap him snug like a baby. <laughs> we oh, swaddle he, him. He feels like he's being We hugged. actually swaddle him with the bed sheets. <laughs> and then I knock oh. him out. And oh, then no. we throw him in the pit with the spikes. Well, you can easily knock him out, Carlos, if you want to. Oh, yeah, Don't I knock do. him out. All right, what? so Carlos... Slaps him across the face and he's out. Carlos, that was totally unnecessary. Chad didn't do anything to Poor you. Poor Chad. This is great entertainment and my favorite incomparable moment of 2015. <sighs> Thanks to everyone involved for creating it. Listener Eric. Amazing. We have a, 20, we have a 26 minute clip. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, we can play that now. Skeletor may be in there somewhere in the middle. Who knows? <sighs> wow, we are terrible Ske- people. Skeletor is our Wilhelm scream. That is one of my favorites. The bedroom farce uh, with the. The various semi-naked guards who we wake up and interrogate. Uh, yeah, twenty-six so minutes of underwear in that adventure. Yeah, purple pants. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a yeah, yeah. David, uh, what are your picks? Well, I'll I'll start with the main show. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, several of the episodes I love have have already been mentioned. Uh, learning to love Heidi too, because Groundhog Day is one of my absolute favorite films. Um, episode 250, because Zardoz is painful. <laughs> um, I disagree. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just Sean Connery in a loincloth was enough, but, but it's not even a loincloth. It's like the weird little mankini. It's just, uh, anyway, um, flashbacks. Uh, and and really, I got to say, just the existence of the rocket surgery and and old movie club episodes, I I, I enjoy them all. I enjoy listening to the the few that I'm not on, but I love being on the old movie club at least. Um, and and Zardoz would be my favorite rocket surgery, although Frankenstein and the Space Monster is right there. 
Uh, and maybe my favorite old movie club would be 253, ignoring the movie completely about the Thin Man and the Maltese Falcon, because again, I love the Thin Man. The Maltese Falcon is also there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, episode 254, You've Ruined Pizza, because Inside Out wasn't just one of my favorite films of the year, but it was a really, I mean, it's it's in the episode. It's, I, I, I talked about how it was a, a kind of a turning point for my my younger son. And, uh, you know, it, it, it was just nice to be able to talk about that and, and to get even more insight into the movie from talking to other people who had seen it, which was which is always fun. Uh, episode 260, which we did live in Spokane around a table. Um, high five. And uh, lots of heliums and high fives. And, mm-hmm. and, and uh, it was kind of insane and wonderful. And, and uh, you know, and I waited. I, I could have mentioned this earlier, but... Uh, Getting together for the the one live radio show in June in San Francisco, and then coming out to Sasquan for doing a live radio show there were two of my favorite things all year too. Because um, you know, it's I mean, it's fun to do what we do, but it's fun to do it in the same room together with people laughing. Um, There's a great which, picture uh, that goes with the episode 260 where you can yeah. see all of us sitting around the, the table and the very top of Dan's head. Yes. <laughs> That's that's the most flattering picture of me ever posted on the internet. <laughs> um, I, I enjoyed listening to and managing to avoid taking part for the most part in the superhero spectacular. Note note the people who were very had very little involvement in the superhero spectacular who are mentioning it. <laughs> I think that's telling telling it's a telling fact. Uh, and then outside of the main show, uh, I, I've enjoyed guest hosting on the TV talk machine. On, on the rare occasion that you are out of town and uh, especially episode 50 because uh, we managed to get Tim Goodman to do 50 and counting episodes in a row, which is something, something big. So, so we celebrated with a whole Hawaii Five-O theme song and a special image and, and it was very exciting. And uh, I, I love the game show on the whole. I love all the different game shows I especially love the episode of Low Definition called Space Blobs. Not Space because Blobs. our first episode, the inaugural. No, I thought, isn't that the second one? Well, I think Space Blobs is the first. Which whichever is the one with Burgoo, then that's the one. Yeah. Okay. Well, Burgoo's so, the second one. Burgoo's the second one. Yeah, yeah. Whichever one is the one with Burgoo. Not because I won that episode, but because uh-huh. by by that Slick. point in the episode, I was thinking, all right, I'm I'm just gonna throw it because you know, or or he's gonna he's gonna ask me something really obscure, and then you asked me about like the delicacy that no one in this town will shut up about. <laughs> so it's like, okay, well, I have to do that, and and I think at one point, at least during the recording, when you said, and the next word is Burgoo. And I think I just went, what? Oh, you said, oh, come on. Yes. Something like that. Yeah, it <laughs> yeah. was just, it was utter disbelief. Yeah. It was like, no, you didn't just say that. Oh, it was the first one. Okay. Point, well, of, order, either- point of order. Well, technically it's the first low definition episode. Yeah. Either way. Either way. Um, I, I love the, the, the other, whether it was the previous Canadian named version or low definition that involved the word pooks. Because Oops. I just enjoy Oops. saying the word pooks now, and and hopefully there will be a supercut of me saying pooks 
since since it's I cut most of those out of four hours long. That's right. Cut most of those out. You know, and and then of course, uh, Total Party Kill is just delightful to listen to. Uh, but it was also a lot of fun to to join in on the Halloween special as the voice of everybody who was a non-playing character. Yes, the voice, voice of the ghosts. Uh, which was especially fun sitting for the first hour doing nothing because everyone was so incompetent at getting into the house. You're not in the first um, episode of that. <laughs> I'm not in the first episode of that, but it was fun to listen to it live. Um, hey, at least we were being true to form. Yeah. Well, that's true. minutes to interrogate to open the door. an hour to get into a house. Yep. And then we just spend like the speed run in the last <laughs> hour. And they're like, nope, not that room. Nope, not that room. The the whole Slack channel private message conversation with Tony, Tony throughout that, because he was feeding me all the, the details I needed. And he's like, you know, ad lib this or do whatever you want here. But here's the detail you need. And and the whole time we're just going, I can't believe they're still down there. And I'm like, I don't. I don't. Sure. You know. Yeah. Have you heard the show? Uh, <laughs> it's hard to I'm, believe. I'm it. just I'm drinking beer. I'm fine. Yeah. Um, and, and you might be able to tell by the end of that, how much beer I have drinking by the fourth hour. Um, so that was a lot of fun. Uh, and then, and then of course the radio theater just in general has been a joy to write, a joy to act. Um, uh, it it has been a lot of editing. Um, Mm -hmm. I didn't necessarily mention the word joy there, but no, no, no. It's been, (laughs) it's been fun doing that. And, and the fact that I haven't gotten tired of the lines of the jokes, even while editing them and, and having written them and rewritten and, you know, that I still listen to them and I'm very happy. It's like, this is, I'm, I'm very happy with this. So, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to doing more. Uh, <laughs> That's where we part ways, David. <laughs> you had me there. Yes. Proud of the work, proud of the work doing more. Oh God. Ask me in like three months. Ask me then. Yeah, you look at the radio theater thing, and it's like we did almost four hours of ra- original radio theater in the last yeah. six months. It's kind of crazy. So yeah, yeah. But but it <laughs> in has... fact, it is crazy. It is crazy. <laughs> don't don't do this at home, friends. Don't do it. Oh, <laughs> well, and, it's a lot of work. And, and the, the reactions from people writing in after each week's episode has been yeah, that so much fun. a lot of fun. And 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 just you know, people reacting with surprise that that you know that someone made a joke about this or that. Or, or especially like breaking up the the two part cliffhanger with a, a random goon show episode in the middle, uh, and and not did we didn't get I was expecting somebody would say wait where's part two there wasn't a single outraged response all of the responses were like oh my god you guys know the goon show yeah they like, okay, they decided that we're is... we're cruel people who are gonna just. Not, well we are not pick up but... cliffhangers <laughs> that's I think and that's probably true. Probably true. So. And they uh, were more surprised when the second half came along. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, wait, well, you mean the finish it? All right. I've got a, uh, before we move on to Glenn, I've got a, a, another listener letter. It's from Ian McKinnon. Hey, Leon, listener Ian. Listener Ian. Yay, who made a cameo. Who, who made in a cameo. Yes, with radio. two eyes and made a ca- a, a lot of vowels in that name. Uh, <laughs> made a cameo in the Christmas special of the Incomparable Radio Theater. He says, once again, this year has been fact- packed full of excellent episodes. Personal highlights for me include the Star Wars trailer dissections, the Terry Pratchett celebration, the Zardoz debacle. And accidentally landing a bit part on the most recent Radio Theater episode. However, for me, one most of the actual best moments have been on the sideshows. Some of the funniest. My next uh, contender for moment of the year comes from the mighty Steve Lutz, who dropped this oh, incredibly Lutz, Lutz quip on the game night golfing with Hitler. 
Hitler episode. Uh, in retrospect, what may be funnier than the actual joke is that the question was in the science and nature category. <laughs> All right, science and nature, please. What is the wood anniversary? <laughs> the crappiest no anniversary, comment. obviously. Uh, the first two weeks. I'm going to guess. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, very nice. Let's see. Boing! <laughs> but for me, the best incomparable moment from 2015 has to be uh, Game Night 23 Space Blobs. It starts with Glenn giving the best response to a question in the history of ever. Yes! Oh, yes. I know this moment. <laughs> what are you laughing about, Glenn? <laughs> Pictures of raccoons, as always. <laughs> <laughs> Leaves more questions than it answered. Oh, my God. That was the best answer ever. <laughs> and marches onward yes, into one yes. of the funniest anecdotes I've heard in a long time. I've listened to this many, many times now, and it still leaves me with tears streaming down my face. Um, which, and, which anecdote? anecdote? The, the whole tale about the drunk guy trying to use the raccoon as his breathalyzer. <laughs> Jason is yeah. Oh, oh yeah. and, then, and then it leads to, well, it, so the, there's all that. And then what he's referring to is that then it leads to, to, to this little bit from Glenn. Have you ever seen a trapped otter? Do you like gladiator films, something Glenn Billy? regularly asks of middle schoolers. Have <laughs> <laughs> you ever seen a grown man naked? Have <laughs> you ever seen a trapped otter in a locker room? I saw a documentary once in which they were trapping otters, and otters seemed very pleasant. And once they put it into a cage, it was the most terrifying. It was like literally like the, uh, the uh, Tasmanian devil. Mm. It was terrifying. Never cage. Turns out otter. animals don't like to be. Yeah, I know why the caged otter is really angry because <laughs> he's in a cage. That's poetic. Bizarre <laughs> 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 like gladiator films back to back in the space blocks. Have you ever seen a grown man naked? Yep. <laughs> yeah, that was in there. That was in the clip. Yeah, it's it all in there. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, he says, "There you go. Hope you like my picks and my shameless pandering to Jason by actually including the clips themselves. That is service, oh, Ian. Good Thank man. you very much. Happy New Year." Uh, more to more great moments in 2016. Ian is my favorite fan of 2015 now. Yeah, but Here's bring your tip. trousers next time. Here's a tip to listeners: you could probably get your own clips in as long as you provide them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah sure. <laughs> you can just make up a clip of yourself saying something. Yeah. Oh no, that's how the clip loop really destroys everything. Remember that for next year. Make a note for that for next year. Glenn, uh, favorite podcast related things from this year? Whew. Well, you know the raccoon thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just gave you asked an honest question. I gave an honest answer, and yeah. gotta say, I don't think I've laughed as hard or heard as that was much. Just such a, I don't even know why you you. I mean, it was <laughs> Glenn. What are you doing? And your response is, you know, the usual. Looking at pictures of raccoons. What? The usual. <laughs> I can't breathe. <laughs> There's a mask you need to put on for that. <laughs> it just seemed. It seemed like the thing to say. It seemed like the thing to say. Yeah. Well, that is what you were doing. I think you literally were looking at pictures you, of raccoons. You were. Because the then you sent us a whole bunch of pictures of raccoons. Yeah. I don't even remember why. No, it makes less sense. Does there have to be a reason? There's no, no. Can't a man just look at pictures of raccoons? Oh, my God. I think, I think we know the answer is that he can. It just... Yeah. Well, while Glenn is catching breath, I will say, I will say the, the game show which we just started this year, and and uh, we're gonna try to continue next year. Uh, we did we did uh, twenty seven episodes over the course of the year, um, and uh, it's it. I enjoy the kind of it's kind of a. Uh, does not really on a schedule. They kind of pop up when they when they do. I'm hoping we'll be a little more 
scheduled next year, but still, you know, every other week or so, maybe a, a game show thing. But I, th- there is, I think, nothing that we did that was more entertaining than the game show in in aggregate in the last year. I, I love those episodes. My daughter loves the game show, especially low definition, Steve. Mm-hmm. Oh boy, you're um, trouble there, Absolutely Jason. loves that. And I think that's one of the fun things about it is that it's it's pretty accessible. It's just people having fun. Um, even if you don't know like what TV shows or movies or things that we're talking about, it's just you can you can get into it and uh, and it's uh, it's it's a fun time. So it's fun to be on them and it's fun to listen to them. So how is it listening to that with your daughter? Do we manage to keep the innuendo fairly innuendo-y? Or yeah, is I, it, think, uh, I, I think scary it, times. I think it floats. I think it. Well, I, my feeling about innuendo generally is that if you if you get it, you can get it. And if you don't get yeah. it, then you don't get it. Right. So I, you know, I think it completely flies past my son, no and my daughter gets means, half Jason. of it. So yeah, that, that's my favorite. That's my pick for next year's clip show is Jason explaining innuendo. Innuendo. Steve. Steve. Innuendo. I was going right. Anyway, Glenn, what what uh, raccoon pictures right. do you have for us? <laughs> I've recovered, and uh, well, you know, I'm not uh, I'm not so hip as everybody is on the pop culture thing, and so what? I've been, no, I know it's hard to believe, uh, but uh, German. You are more versed in the hip. Werner Herzog films as anybody that I know. All I know is German Expressionism will come back someday and then I'll be prepared along with my uh, wide whale trousers. Uh, But the, uh, so I wasn't on the main show as much, but I was on about, uh, I think like 15, 20 episodes of the uh, other shows, including game show and uh, defocus and so forth. I like to think that I bring uh, accidental chaos. I'm not intending to be quite as disruptive as I am. And yet, you know, it just always works out. It just works out. So I got to say my favorite moment as a participant uh, after the raccoons one was on uh, the game show episode number five. Turns out lies, lies, lies. Yeah, in which oh. I, maybe people should listen this, to the this clip. Was on mis- this was on my list, uh. yeah. Yeah, because it's uh, in which I managed to completely <laughs> misunderstand the premise of the game <laughs> so that when the answer was revealed <laughs> – well, I hate to tell you, it was Glenn and the story no! of Sriracha Bugs. Wait, no. That my, was my... Did I say no, wait a minute. I meant Sriracha Bugs. <clears throat> wait a minute. My my story wasn't true. What? what? My story wasn't true at all. <laughs> did we all lie? <laughs> David, are you playing a double bluff on us? this show go off the rails? Are any of those true? <laughs> <sighs> I did not see that coming. <laughs> double cross. Nobody did. Neither I did I. The answer is that I am the best liar <laughs> of the four of us. Wait a second. Turns out none of them were true. I turns out. Turns out. I thought wow. you didn't need me to do the true one. I thought you said you already had someone to do that. Because <laughs> oh I emailed you and said do the true one. No, I got confused. But I thought... That's the one where I went, what? That was the best. <laughs> I was not playing, but that clip infuriated me. <laughs> try, try being the person who was supposed to guess which one was the lie. I just misunderstood David's instructions. Where, uh, as I reviewed them again, I realized they were clear, but I, I thought I was... Normally, I Glenn, I would call you out for picking a clip of yourself. <laughs> but oh, since wow. the clip is of you screwing the exactly. boot royally, yeah. I think I'll allow it. Yeah. Exactly. This is not – I come not to praise myself, but to uh, <laughs> to humiliate myself before you all. The I was also – I was very proud of the Zardoz episode because uh, I didn't suggest it. It was Jason's idea. 
to uh, the screens are at us. I'd never seen it before, but you know, we had a uh, we had to reschedule it. So we couldn't get enough people, I think, or people were busy. And I said, you know, what we really need is we need more female representation on this panel because this show is this a movie has extreme difficulties with how it presents uh, women. And so we wound up getting a panel with I think six people on it, including Joe Rosenstiel, who is the the best sire in the business. I got to say, he is, <laughs> he is the king of sighs, mm-hmm. and um, and just the pain threshold. I just feel like uh, even though I I wasn't involved in picking the episode. I suckered everybody in into treating it seriously. And uh, boy, and it howdy. Was, well, it was an amazing performance. I hope you're happy. Yes. Um, I also, I want to say it's like a show wise. I'm a big game show fan. Uh, I'm on some episodes and I, I love to listen to the ones uh, that I'm not on because they are the most, I mean, besides uh, total party kill, the most improvisational thing we do. A big fan of, of uh, comparable radio theater, David, you've done this bang up job. Uh, Jason, edit, I don't know, listen, really off, you know, it's like, I don't want to do the Academy Awards here, but Jason, Ren, everybody involved in it. Um, it's, I look forward to listening to the episodes. I'm such a happy person to be participating uh, as a voice, but I just enjoy it. It's an amazing to see, hear like new radio theater that's fun that's produced that has all my friends on it, which is cool. And and as, and as a series too, Defocused, I became a listener of that. I mean, Joe Rosenstiel, longtime lister, uh, longtime mm-hmm. podcaster is now part of not our happy guy. family. Yeah, real fake, person. Longtime fake long man. Long time fake guy. That's right. We yeah, got our call back to, was it our first annual special in which we were <laughs> accusing him of a fake name? Real guy or not. And uh, I like Defocused quite a bit and uh, and now it's part of the Incomparable mm-hmm. Network, but I also, I managed to con Dan Sturm and and Joe into listening to or to watching a Highlander, and then we talked about that too. So I, I count that as an accomplishment. And that's all. That's all I got. So your all of your favorite accomplishments of the year are fooling other people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, or pretty being much. confused. <laughs> pretty much being or confused. Or looking at pictures of raccoons. Looking at pictures of raccoons. <laughs> misunderstanding the premise of the thing that I'm part of. It's just my brand. I'm so- <laughs> My, I will say, episode three of Turns Out was one of my favorite things this year, and eventually I will finish editing it. I was going to say, I don't remember episode three. Yeah. yeah. I, yes. I want to call actually Jason's the Le Lapoire episode. Works, David. The, <laughs> the, 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 la Poire, yes. Yeah, Je suis mm. Lapoire was yeah, actually that was, that I was, was one of the I best stories. Appreciate Jason's role in that very people, much. Indeed. People believe the crazy, stupid, make up, made up things I say, it turns That's out. True. You are very trustworthy. Mm-hmm. I believe you. They're lies, <laughs> turns out. They're all lies. All right. Thank you, Glenn. Um, I am going to uh, move on to a letter from listener Drew. Oh, listener Drew. Listener Drew. You know, listener Drew. Um, He he writes, to the original Peaches of the Incomparable. All the great shows. Wait, what? The original Peaches. Of the incomparable. That's a who is that? That's a flop house reference. I think oh, that's yeah. us. Oh, Maybe it's yes. a mockery of the word original. Then yeah, I'm a, I'm a sweet peach. <laughs> I would say Clint's an original peach. Uh, all the great shows. Here are the movie themed episodes that I loved most this year. Uh, the Star Wars: The Force Awakens mega episode, which he then notes, I have, I still have another fifty four minutes to get through. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh you're going to hate those fifty four minutes. No, they're the worst. Well, the <laughs> last thirty is just me and John Syracuse talking like after the show because he didn't want to mm. go to sleep yet. Uh, I was, I was taking, I, told, I told him a story. I sang him a lullaby. Two sixty nine hunt for Red October. Uh, he has a couple specific moments with time codes, so I might even put the clips in. Uh, wow! In, in the Hunt for Red October episode, Dan explained something about uh, his impression of Sean Connery. My friends and I in uh, high school used to practice our Sean Connery accents by saying a line that is not even in this movie, which is just going around and saying, I'm a Russian submarine captain. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
And uh, and Phil's delight in performing his impressions of, of, of Jeffrey Pelt. You have some thoughts, Dr. Ryan? I'm a politician, which means I'm a liar and a cheat. And when I'm not kissing babies, I'm figuring out a way to steal their lollipops. But I also keep my options open. 243, The Force Awakens trailer, frame by frame, indeed. 241, the baseball episode of Old Movie Club. Steve's deep affection for Morris Buttermaker runs throughout the Bad News Bears. Morris Buttermaker. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I love that guy. Uh, 237, 238, Revenge of the Sith, of course. 234, The Core. Tony's spirited defense of the film and the group's confusion as what exactly Aaron Eckhart's trombone-based science demonstration was going to demonstrate. (laughs) That's true. That's true. true. I still don't understand exactly what scientist Aaron Eckhart was trying to explain or why Tony has seen that movie many many times. (laughs) Many times. HBO. On to 2016, listener Drew. Thank you, Drew. Monty, do you have some favorites? I do. It would be good if you're like, no, it was not that great a year. Love Drew. <laughs> 2015 yeah. suck, man. I think I like it when he just says I do, and then we move on to the next. <laughs> next, <laughs> next, Dan. What do you know? Uh, go ahead, Monty. Uh, first, the an episode that I was not on, but I thought was really good, was episode 247, the Letterman retrospective episode. I really recommend people listen to that. I thought it was really good. It was beautifully put together. Yeah, yeah. My favorite rocket surgery was number 270. Frankenstein meets the space monster, or as it's titled for some reason, "Love blooms naturally on a Vespa." <laughs> yeah, there's a reason for that. Oh, it's because yeah, love because... blooms naturally on a Vespa. <laughs> it's because I kept talking about the Vespa instead of anything to do and with we... the movie. Lengthy musical <laughs> numbers while they rode around uh, Puerto Rico on a scooter. To have and to hold. Oh yeah, I really enjoyed watching that movie, and I don't think I would have had it not been forced upon me. So, Excellent. yeah, it was surprisingly entertaining. Actually, all that stock yeah. footage—it was great. I was on the whole superhero spectacular. Every episode except, I think, 255D, and even then I might have piped up while people were trying to argue. And I thought it was fun. All right. There's the guy. Monty has been sentenced to death! (laughs) Other people might have had their souls crushed, but I'm still a little bitter that I could not get the thing all the way to the finals, but I think I did a good job. That's what Steve said. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) Steve's literally saying it right now. (laughs) It's clobbering. Oh, never mind. <laughs> Just go to sleep. I greatly enjoyed Unjustly Maligned, episode number 13, in which I explained why Popeye is a good movie. I also enjoyed Game Show, episode 13, in which people somehow played Trivial Pursuit with me again. Yeah. <laughs> Specifically, I enjoyed the part at the end where I won Trivial Pursuit again. <laughs> Did you win the second time, too? Oh, yes. yes. Somehow I had blocked that out of my memory. Then mm-hmm. I probably shouldn't have... Because we trimmed the wrong part of the game. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, game show episode 24, which was one of our Family Feud episodes, had a moment in, towards the end where I was explaining the rules of the fast money round, where the second person, <laughs> if they repeat an answer given by the first person, will hear this noise. Doot-doot. And as I remember it, Steve asked me to repeat that sound several times. <laughs> Indeed he did. I was I just think, about to do it again. I think he was trying to annoy me, but what he doesn't know is I really enjoy saying, doot doot. If the second person repeats an answer, they'll hear this noise, doot doot. And if the two of them... <laughs> what noise? Doot doot. Yeah, but what people, noise? Doot doot. And I, I don't have that sound effect, so I didn't replace it with the official <laughs> sound, sound effect like I did all the other sound effects. I just keep that in there. Doot, doot. Yes, never, ever do that. You would break my heart. That yeah. is no. one of my favorites. It was a test of wills where Steve kept saying, what was that sound? I would say, doot, doot. he'd say, what was that? 
The secret truth of it is, I really enjoy hearing that sound. <laughs> yes, that's good because I enjoy making it. Uh, and we should get together, Monty. <laughs> I think the best part of that particular episode was where uh, where Jason wasn't actually on that, but he was still forced to edit the thing. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and around twelve minutes in, we were discussing how he adds in the actual sound effects, and I think Brian Hamilton says, "Hi, Jason. Hope you're having a good night." And Dan says, "I hope you're not having a good night." And he gets buzzed. <laughs> yep. <laughs> The pauses are because Jason is going to spend a surprising amount of time putting in the actual sound effects. That's true. Hi, Jason. Hope you're having a good night whenever you're editing this. I don't. (laughs) (laughs) That's not true. That's not true. Look what we're doing to your precious podcast. (laughs) It was great. It was great. The Family Feud episodes are perfect because they require no preparation (laughs) on my part or any of the contestants' part, but extra work on Jason's part, Mm -hmm. even if you're not going (laughs) to do The radio show was great. I really liked the most recent episode, number 1.11, The Adventures of Timmy Preston in Far Future Land, even the parts I am not in. I I will say one of my favorite things in all of that was your line at the end of episode three where there's some kind of innuendo flies by, and, and as, as the show is fading out, you're just going... That quiet time might not have been all that quiet. What? <sighs> what does that mean? What does she mean? <laughs> <laughs> the thing I think that I enjoyed recording the most was about a year ago, <laughs> it was episode 0.6 of the Radio Theater, the Rehearsing the Zeppelin episode. Oh, yeah, that was a year ago. Uh, yes. yeah. Where... We had a script for what we were supposed to say, and we went through it once, and then we did it a second time for safety. And as I remember it, Jason went off book immediately, (laughs) and then it was just a cavalcade of complete nonsense. Yeah. A couple of lines of which actually made it into the Mm -hmm. released Mm -hmm. version, possibly so that it wouldn't be a complete waste of time. As I remember it, the nonsense version was so much fun to do that that was probably my favorite thing of the last year. Mm, do not yeah, fact that. check what year it actually happened. Okay. <laughs> that was delightful. Hear that one in this week's bonus track. Oh, and uh, Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Monty and I got to talk about Game of Thrones and Brian Hamilton sometimes. That was, yeah. that was fun. You talked about Brian Hamilton on the podcast? We did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what did Sounds you say? thrilling. Bad okay. Yeah. There's a whole, I think there's a whole musical about him. Oh. Wait, wait back for your, it. Back to your raccoons. Wow, thank you for that very, very specific <laughs> form of Glenn. disgust. Glenn! <laughs> uh, really highly refined disgust. Uh, before I move on uh, to Dan, I, I have a couple wow. of very brief comments from listeners. That was wonderful. Um, Matt, last name withheld from Portland, Oregon. So his location. That was a wise not, decision on your part, Matt. Not withheld. Matt, Matt, <laughs> Matt, last name withheld. Can you do a supercut of Lisa laughing? Her laugh is delightful. Um, in fact, there's. I had a very particular. This this came up in an episode of the Flashcast, and uh, there was a very particular uh, laugh that Lisa laughed when she heard uh, that somebody wanted a supercut of her laughter. So I think that that might be worth playing. If, you know, Earth One people don't like to talk about money. Earth Two people don't like to talk about metahumans. It's just how they've been raised. <laughs> so, it's, it's culture, different culture. <laughs> it's a distinct culture. We need to respect it. Yes. Earth two culture. Sally, I told you, you don't ask that man about why he can fly. No, we don't, yeah, we don't talk about metahumans at the dinner table, please. No. At 13, they sit them down for the talk. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, I think... <laughs> 
Lisa, you're just adding to the, the master cut that now Jason has to build of all the Lisa laughter. You're just tapping on minutes here. Oh, she knows it now. She's just she's she she wants no, this sorry. one to be the finale. No, I I don't. I seriously don't think that anyone can ever put that master. So for people who listen to this podcast, somebody wrote in to the incomparable and asked that for the end of the year, could the team please assemble a super cut of every time I've broken down laughing during a podcast? And um, <laughs> I'm flattered. I really am. Um, I also don't think it's possible because that's a lot of editing you'd have to do. Uh, listener Logan also wrote in uh, with a one-liner. For the best of 2015 show, I'd like to nominate the moment uh, in Incomparable 261 that paired Batman versus Moon Knight. That was one of my favorite things in the whole superhero thing, that we finally got the oh, matchup yeah. that nobody was asking for. Batman uh. versus low-rent Marvel Batman. I was asking for it. I will always regret not putting Gambit through, by the way. I oh, think was everyone bad. is asking that, for that it. That is in my list. <laughs> uh, Dan, go <laughs> ahead. What, tell us what you tell us what you liked. As Steve mentioned, yes, the the sadness that Gambit lost out, you know, <laughs> despite being described uh, by I believe Phil Michaels as the coolest of the X Men. I believe I speak for the universe when I say that Gambit is perhaps the coolest of the X Men. Well, oh no, beloved by all. Yeah, that's that's super wrong. <laughs> no, <laughs> universe. I've got say. nothing left to lose here. <laughs> beloved by anyone who played the 1990s video game where you could fire off those cards and really do sweet. some damage. Cherie, I rule in favor of Gambit. All right, <laughs> I'm just so shocked. Did, did not see that coming, but I'm pretty psyched about it. That mm-hmm. the superhero spectacular. It, like Monty, I, I enjoyed it though. I think I, I think I have some lingering PTSD uh, from that. Uh, I will, I will say the Cinderella story of Moon Knight that he got as far as he did, and that I think I managed to sell it at one point by saying that he was just crazy. I think, I think I also tried to call Batman a cheap version of Moon Knight, which yeah. was kind of a desperate plea. I, I, I know this is this seems like an uphill climb. It seems like a tough road to hoe here, and and I know exactly what my my esteemed opponent is going to tell you. He's Batman. And, and that may be true, but I think what we need to look at is the fact here that it's incontrovertible that Batman is just a terrible Moon Knight ripoff. Because Moon Knight <laughs> dates back to an ancient Egyptian god who bestowed oh, wow. this power on various sort of worthy vessels. I think that, you know, in some ways, Batman is just a pale imitation of Moon Knight. I mean, uh, Moon Knight is, I think he shows a certain degree of ostentatiousness and and devil-may-care attitude that Batman doesn't. Sure, Batman dresses up in dark clothes and goes around, sneaks around. Moon Knight wears all white and runs around. He is not afraid of being a target because he has, you know, the power of of good and righteousness and psychosis on his side. So I think in in summation, if I may present my case in in just a simple, brief sentence, he's Moon Knight. I would like to cite earlier case law regarding he is Batman. Yeah. Do you, oh, are so. you referring to Batman or Moon Knight when you make that statement? <laughs> I would like to establish that Batman is Batman. Uh-huh. Are you 100% sure? I am 100% sure that Batman is Batman. And also, just to, just to dispel any potential confusion among our judges or listeners, we all know that Batman was created in the 30s and Moon Knight is created in the 70s, which huh. I think my opponent will have to concede happens after the 30s. Uh, 1870s, you mean? Yeah, no, I think that's sir, actually before 1970s. the 1930s. But nice try with your lies and flim flam. 
Tony Tony yeah. called you on that one. Yeah. Well, oh, sure. I mean, hey, you know, I did what I could with what I was given. Yeah. Um, but the entire superhero spectacular, particularly the judges, including Steve and Phil, were fantastic. Oh, there I don't know. Was, oh, you guys were great. They, you, trust me. Um, overall, uh, episodes that I enjoyed this year, uh, the core episode, which was already mentioned, <sighs> number 234. Core. Um, our final uh, episode three, concluding the prequels, um, including the many discussions of why politics end up being boring in the Star Wars universe. Uh, the trailer dissections, including the one that I think I recorded in a hotel room in Anaheim, mm-hmm. um, which I believe was 243, Find My Lightsaber. Um, the eventual Force Awakens coverage, all of it that we've done so far has been great. Um, the uh, Hunt for Red October episode, which was mentioned earlier, also fantastic, especially because we, we finally got, I believe, Casey Liss on The Incomparable because he loves Hunt for Red October. Um, and that is just in general a, a fun episode because it is replete with Sean Connery impersonations across the board. Uh, on the, uh, oh, um, particularly the live episodes we recorded this year, uh, number 260 mentioned High Five at Sasquan. Uh, 245 Incomparable Assemble about Age of Ultron and Game of Thrones uh, review of Season 5, Episode 4, both of the last two which were recorded in my living room. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, we did some podcasts at your place, Dan. Couldn't get you out of there, apparently. No, nope. <laughs> that's the only Game of Thrones episode I didn't like. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll take that as a compliment, Monty. That's the first time um, Monty didn't do a podcast about Game of Thrones in a long time. Yeah, it's the only one I'm not on. Yeah. Uh, the, let's see, uh, unjustly maligned number 11, in which I got a chance to, to nerd out with Anthony Johnson about, um, a Hudson Hawk, uh, yeah. and how much we mm-hmm. both love that movie. Well done, um, sir. Thank you. Thank you. That was, that was a lot of fun because his, his, his enthusiasm matched mine perfectly. So we were able to, to really just sort of let loose on, on how much we adore it. Um, the total party kill was fantastic all year long. Uh, I particularly enjoyed running, helping Tony run the save off manor, um, our Halloween spectacular, uh, David's work, Sterling work as a, as a creepy, creepy little <laughs> ghost. Uh, and, and the PC's general incompetence, uh, oh, which, man. as pointed out, was pretty much par for the course. Yeah. Um, but the mm-hmm. entire TPK has been has been delightful, uh, including, I think, I don't know if the episode has aired yet, where we had, uh, where, where Scott posts a block of text on the screen, and we all spend time asking him questions no, that hasn't, about... That hasn't aired yet. We literally uh, ahead of the game. The I'm sorry. Yeah. It's too good. Uh, <laughs> but you'll know it when you hear it. It'll be in the best of 2016. Um, and on the game show side, uh, Low Definition Lake Tourist, uh, the translation of the title <laughs> of Die Hard uh, <laughs> is, is a particular great moment. Scraper, um, scraper, scraper. <laughs> Action I, I think that round will be back in future episodes. Uh, it's got to be. That, yeah. that, that particular <laughs> one just, oh, sorry. Barefoot Blood Party? Was that Bare- it? <laughs> Barefoot yep, Blood yep, Party. Which of these titles is the way the Norwegians refer to the Christmas classic, Die Hard? Do the Norwegians call it The Gun Building? <laughs> Lonely Christmas Cop? Aww. <laughs> Surprise Christmas Terrorism? <laughs> Give a giveaway. Surprise! Christmas terrorism. <laughs> I did not have I that on my list. I didn't get you anything. Man, I gotta see this movie. <laughs> uh, barefoot blood party. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. The divorced policeman. 
Aw, <laughs> super sad. A lot of, a lot He's of lonely at Christmas. <laughs> Action skyscraper. Scraper, scraper, scraper. <laughs> scraper, scraper, scraper. <laughs> or when death happens forcefully. Ooh. <laughs> One of those is the title that the Norwegians are stuck with for the movie Die Hard. Which one is it? Jason Snell. Oh, no. <laughs> I love them all so much. Yeah, these are good. I like all of these better than Die Hard, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Tiffany Arment says that that's the reason she went and actually went watched Die Hard afterwards. She'd oh, never she seen it. She'd never seen it before, and she watched it and liked it, and she said it was because she needed to know about the Barefoot Blood Party. <laughs> I think that was my answer. <laughs> yeah. I stand by it. It's good. It's just yeah. amazing. Although, and then, Surprise! Um, Christmas well, terrorism! <laughs> <laughs> a lonely Christmas cop. <laughs> lonely Christmas cop. Uh, episode 21 of Game Night, Light Lamp, is particularly the moment where Jason figures out how to save the game. Yep. <laughs> just yes. because of the, the light in his voice when he utters the words, save yep. game. You're climbing the stairs down to the dungeon. It is very dark. Exits are up and down. Jason. Save game. <laughs> Make notes about what you did so far. <laughs> Jason, I love you. <laughs> well, the disk drive is really churning, isn't it? Do the same game. Also, it's, a, it's a 1541. You know how those are. Game successfully saved. Two save slots remaining. <laughs> <laughs> I, I enjoyed all the my opportunities to record on the Speedy Arrowcast with my friends John Moltz and Guy English, recapping all the Arrow episodes and guesting on the Flash Flashcast uh, recently with Lisa and Moe's. Mm. We're both a lot of fun. Um, and, you know, for me, uh, putting out Inconceivable uh, all year has been a delight. Uh, most of you have been on the show and have done fantastically. I just enjoy all every bit of that as much work as goes into writing all the questions and editing the show it is just so much fun to do that i'm looking forward to doing it again uh in 2016 if i had to pick a particular ep uh, moment in all of those episodes i was just re-listening to a few of these actually um uh, because my cousin, uh, I was driving her up for uh, the Christmas holidays, and uh, she's like, oh, yeah, what is that game show you're doing? So we listened to a couple of episodes, and she really enjoyed it. But the moment in particular in uh, episode nine, Mogo is Displeased, where I believe the very first question involves uh, a question about what is a neutrino wand. Uh, <laughs> this is a, a guess. Um, is it Ghostbusters? No. Mm. <laughs> Wait, that's so. still within the team. Um, that was a uh, yeah. That was a that was a voice of confidence from Guy English there too. I'm sorry. I don't think it is. I don't think I it, don't is, it is because those are like uh, proton packs, and it's, I don't think it's a neutrino one. Just so fine. We... Ghostbusters. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> really? Yeah. 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 Guy English, should, you should not listen You're to him. We've established that. Basically, we don't let him live that down for the rest of the episode. <laughs> yep. Every time Guy English says anything, I was like, well, but you can't trust him. Um, so that, But overall, that entire show is just uh, so much fun to do. Uh, and you guys are all so great on it and make it what it is that uh, I, I'm really looking forward to having some more, perhaps on a more regular schedule in 2016. Oh, that, that live Inconceivable in Spokane was delightful, that too. Was that was really that was great. a. I did re-listen to that one as well, which is also excellent, including yeah. the uh, the moment where nobody comes up with the extremely specific difference between a basilisk and a cockatrice. Yeah, <laughs> that I've come up with. 
Uh, and the large amounts of crap that Steve gives me for all of the questions. Yes, and now you know why. If you didn't listen to that episode, that's the kind of question we get. Yeah. <laughs> that's the kind of question you will continue to get. I'll give you cockatrice. Mm-hmm. Maybe even four times. Castle, 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 castle. Uh, I took antibiotics for that cockatrice, Steve. Thanks. <laughs> I've got a few, and then I'll read some uh, things from the listeners. Um, listeners! Uh, uh, I, I, so, so this year I, I did uh, uh, Robot or Not with John Syracuse, which people have have uh, apparently liked a lot of people listen to it because john's on it so of course people listen because there are people who will listen to anything that john does and what i like about robot or not is that we are testing those people because it is like an unpodcast <laughs> like the episodes are like the, the latest one is about 58 seconds long um we did an episode that's about a minute and a half long with a sponsor read in it which i love and then i didn't i did an episode where i also put uh bookmarks in it so it's got <laughs> podcast bookmarks like every 10 seconds for things that we said it's the dumbest thing ever and, and I, I hope in 2016 to continue uh our, our our trolling of listeners with the most ridiculous podcast ever created and, and and wasn't there an issue for a while with the software because it it wouldn't believe that there was such a thing as a podcast so, under 60 seconds so our good friend greg noss wrote the plugin that runs the incomparables website that tells you it, it tells rss feeds are supposed to know how long an mp3 file is so it, it, it the plugin uh reads the mp3 file and gets the byte count and then it also generates a human readable uh length that we can that gets popped into the show notes and that's great except uh with robot or not it broke and uh the reason is that greg never thought that there could possibly be a podcast shorter than a minute and episode like six of robot or not is 52 seconds long because i say hey john is this a robot and he's like no that's not a robot that's stupid the end and uh and uh and so greg had to rewrite his plugin in order to support the stupidity of robot or not up next we see if greg accounted for podcast episodes longer than 24 hours mm, no <laughs> uh that was the fourth awakens panel yeah <laughs> uh so that, that that was fun and and it is it is it is exactly i would say and john agrees with this it is exactly what we envisioned it to be which is short ridiculous episodes and that that was what yeah. we were going for and that is exactly what it is and i love when that happens when when the thing that you create is exactly what you intended it to be also uh the robot dance totally a robot totally a robot <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's your fault that we're even doing that podcast steve i know i'm it's so true. pleased that my stupidity was partially responsible yeah. for that podcast mm-hmm. it's great um yes now with the stupidity just echoes through history it does every every Ripples. monday morning um episode 260 the fifth anniversary episode i just uh, that so uh, such a large group of us were there in person in spokane at Worldcon to do that episode i'm looking forward to listening to that episode uh, back at some point because i did it with basically the worst headache I have ever had in my entire life, and I remember nothing about it. So uh, I look. We forward, tend to have that effect on people. I look forward to hearing <laughs> it at a future time and and not having a flashback to my headache. Episode two fifty Zardoz. You know, it was in in, yes! hi- in hindsight, it was a lot of fun <laughs> to talk about that that ridiculous movie um, with with a great group of people, and that was uh, you know so it made the pain go away a little bit. Although I still will not go to second level with Glenn. Oh, I think it's Stockholm syndrome. syndrome it could there, be. Jason. After a while, it just turns all the way around where you're like, no, I've learned to love Zardoz. Nope, nope, I w- nope. I want to know nope. if we can 
ever find another movie that says insidious that you start talking about like, well, here's what's really going on. Oh, damn it. I'm actually taking it seriously yeah. again. That yeah. I did also love Frankenstein versus the space monster. And I, I found I, I was sort of giddy when I posted that episode because it's, <laughs> it's like I really did expect it to just be unwatchably bad, like a, some sort of Tor Johnson movie yeah. that would be on MST3K. <laughs> and instead it was like full of kicky music and Vespas and and uh, and early 60s NASA stock footage and, and, and robots and robots. robots and that one alien robots. dude yeah and there is a space <laughs> monster right. and yeah there's that campy the campy alien guy and the, the princess who John give Lovitz each other guy. little looks it's Dr. hilarious I, I made it. like eight animated gifs from that movie <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. trying to single-handedly turn that into a cult sensation because it deserves the it. butt party as as someone who didn't watch the movie but did listen to the podcast i appreciated all of the music that you edited into the podcast mm-hmm. so i didn't feel like i needed to go and actually watch the movie to get an idea because uh, yeah, because i put the music numbers in there too yeah it's mm-hmm. a it's a that movie could easily it shows you actually how random it is what movies become cult favorites and and what don't because i don't i look at something like frankenstein versus the space monster and don't understand why that is a not a huge cult movie because it is it has all the elements of badness and ridiculousness that uh it could be a cult movie but i was surprised to have found a movie like that that hadn't been beaten up on by mst already yeah yeah that was that quality yeah (laughs) yeah and it's totally worthy of it i agree well maybe uh maybe the new mst3k will take take a crack at it uh, because it is totally worthy of it speaking of crack erica you should at least go enjoy the epic butt party scene if you You watch anything else You said it's on YouTube. Uh, way to sell it, Steve. Way to sell it. They, it's it's a well, you know, it's a it's a pool party where the cameramen have obviously been told to focus on people's butts inexplicably <laughs> from and across the pool. From across the pool, yeah. And not always the the ones you would think. No, That's no, delightful. they're not that picky. <laughs> Episode 238, uh, which is the second of our episode three episodes, uh, mostly because there is a moment in there where we all realize that uh, episode one is actually the best of the prequels, (laughs) which is such a (laughs) painful moment and also a moment where had we known that going in, I think we would not have committed to this uh, course of action. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> episode, it's a good I'm not one. so sure episode three is the good one right and then you watch and you're like oh god no no, no it's not no. um uh the core episode 234 uh i did like that uh that's a bad movie and i enjoyed tony's semi-defense of it while also realizing that he had no ground to stand on uh that was <laughs> that was delightful the groundhog day episode was a lot of fun 232 and uh thanks to the people who mentioned 247 uh the david letterman episode that was a little bit of a departure i did a lot of interviews i wrote a script uh my childhood home burned down like a week before i did it which allowed me to inject some of that this american life uh kind of uh personal uh, perspective stuff in there too but uh i w- i wanted to do something special for uh david letterman's last week and uh, i'm and i'm pretty proud of it and uh i'm glad that it actually happened because for several months i was like yeah i guess i should do that sometime and i kept putting it off and it finally did come you're together. welcome <laughs> uh game show in all its forms uh, as we've been talking about uh episode five when glenn got the turns out rules wrong was great Episode 15, when Chip failed the Doctor Who question, leading his team to lose. (laughs) (laughs) The Doctor Who specialties included archaeology, adventuring, escapes, and more than a little historical travel. I I got nothing. Nothing. Nothing from Team 2. Any final guesses? I would be surprised if Erica and possibly Chip probably didn't, didn't know who this was.
Historical oh, travel. Oh, oh. Archaeology. Yeah. Is it Adventuring. Yes. Escapes. <laughs> I think I heard River, it in there. River Did someone say it? Yep. I said, Erica is it River it. Song? It is River Song. Yeah, I've blocked her out of my memory. So. Oh, <laughs> I love River Song. Well, the, oh, well wow. we, we disagree on this. Fight. Okay. Fine. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but, Steve, Aline, right. I have failed you. He's never going to hear the end of that one. Uh, so nope. And uh, all the episodes of, of Balderdash slash Low Definition, which has given us pictures of raccoons, uh, <laughs> words like pooks, and of course, the, <laughs> new, the new trend that is sweeping Europe, lake tourism. Lake tourism. Lachenwilde. <laughs> yep. People want to see lakes. It's a thing. And uh, finally, uh, for my moment, uh, episode 45 of Total Party Kill. Uh, which is called A Night on the Caravan. This is our accidental Marx Brothers movie where where uh, three characters played by Dan, Tony, and Steve uh, get into trouble while the other uh, players are, their characters are sleeping. And it essentially is a, con- it's like an hour of concentrated stupidity with those three characters do. It, it, it literally, it turns into a Marx Brothers movie. There is, there is a, a collection of a bowls of stew that happens. A, a door is shattered. There are purple pants found in a dresser there is a catapult that is considered but not actually used um, i still regret that it is yeah me too uh, there's a hoot nanny i believe in that episode it is it is um a very strange episode and a- about halfway through it i realized this is just farce now this is just we are literally watching a marx brothers movie except that it's in a dungeons and dragons world you hear some uh steps in the- oh, time to go Katska, this one's your job. I knocked down the door. Everything else is up to you. Yeah, I made that guy leave and get stew. Wait a minute, who's in here? All, all three of us are in here. All three of you oh. are in there. You're all you're all currently holding up a pair of pants and examining. <laughs> <laughs> I'm picturing oh, I'm picturing Amal trying to hide under the bed and his like legs sticking out like five feet. And the steps are approaching the door. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna poke my head out and see if anybody's there. <laughs> like oh god. Someone, in fact, is there. It is another guard. Uh, and he says, hey, what's what's going on up here? Thank goodness you're here. These two just busted in on me. <laughs> oh, my God. Did you just throw us under the caravan? <laughs> what were you doing in Bezrak's cabin? Well, that's none of your business. Can't a lady have secrets? <laughs> you're, you're, I have many questions currently. First, you're a lady. Uh, I know you're a guard, though. You shouldn't be in there. Who else is in there? And he he looks in and he sees Umlong <laughs> easily. He says, "You you two should not be here." Oh man! Now we're gonna have to murder this guy. <laughs> I came in here to look for for uh, the master. I came in here to look for him. The door was open. I closed the door and locked it behind me. Uh, yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've got my reasons. How did you get, How did you get into the cabin? It the was door open. is always the door locked. Was, the door was open when I walked in. Obviously. And then these two, suddenly I heard this loud, exploding teak sound. <laughs> and these two came busting in the door. Uh, roll for deception. <laughs> That's a 22. <laughs> so he's like, well, I guess that makes sense. <laughs> Has the ring of truth about it. Well, I've never been so mortified in my life. I am leaving. I, I'm gonna. I guess I'll uh, keep these guys for questioning, though. They should. They clearly they were going to assault you, right, madam? <laughs> I'm going to try. Uh, can I try to roll intimidate on? Wait, them? I know these gentlemen, and I, my suspicion is that they were on the up and up. <laughs> they probably thought I was in here Her trying. Story to... is you contradicting <laughs> yourself as you go. <laughs> What is well, I thought 
I thought you said they burst in looking to attack you. They can, can we, in, guys, I, guys, I've known these gentlemen for some time, and I know can we that's pretend unlikely. That, that, that Kotska is a much better liar than Steve Lutz. Because uh. <laughs> so that one. And then the Bedroom Farce episode is mentioned previously, episode 60, just right behind it as another ridiculous episode. So, But The Night on the Caravan, that... That I, I remember editing that and thinking this is this is a special thing that we did here. <laughs> Way to put it, yeah, a special thing. Yeah, as Georgia and Erica and I just sort of sit there shaking our heads and go, "What is happening? <laughs> what are they well, doing?" We, each of us try, each try to get out of it at one point, I think, and then we just like are you suck each other back into yeah. that. <laughs> there's, there's no escaping the black hole. Also, your your series of lies that you try to tell to explain what has happened in that that are just increasingly ridiculous. I have never heard a player character tell a convincing lie in a role playing game no. ever. Anyway, those are beautiful. I love that. I love those episodes. They're hilarious. Uh, okay, let's go to some uh, some listener, some more listener things. Andrew Z. Oh, listener Andrew. Listener Andrew uh, <laughs> said, fooling anybody, Steve. These days, uh, podcast compromise uh, podcast com- comprised ninety percent of my media intake. Being comparable is by far my all time favorite. Thank you, Andrew. I've been listening since the beginning. I wear my logo T shirt with pride, and then he sent us a PDF. <laughs> of all of his favorite moments oh wow from 2015 uh he highlighted some so those are the ones that i'm going to mention in the uh the hampen humbug episode of low definition this is the this is the balderdash episode where i i totally um I'm just completely inside Dan's head and he can't, he's trying to not <laughs> pick you're, you're the, like the gaslighting me. He's trying that to not pick the words thing. that I pick. And by doing so picks the words that I picked. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, he mentions uh, the the Action Castle episode of uh, castle, of the game castle, show. Castle, castle. Uh, Tony proves he's always well prepared, except for those moments where he's like saving, saving, saving for a little while, and we all sing a song. Um, the uh, last this is strange. Last year's uh, last year's draft episode, actually, the moment where I began playing the uh, let's play a clip sound effect over and over again, and everybody got confused about when uh, when it was a clip and when it was not a clip. Uh, he re- refers to that as that time when I almost had a seizure and forgot who I was. <laughs> Um, said um, mentioned the 229 the portal episode where he says um, the one where Syracuse blew my mind with his take on mother daughter themes in portal uh, also loved the added audio clips that's a Syracuse special he sent me the audio clips and said put these <laughs> use these in the episode would. and I said sure okay uh, 246 the schmoop index um, he said, this is the one that made me realize I've been Shakespearing it wrong all this time because now I understand it's meant to be read aloud instead of just read. Yes. Read mm. your Shakespeare aloud. It's much better that way. In a Scottish accent. Sure, if you like. In the original it's a Scottish play. play. 277. Read them all in a Scottish uh, This, of course, uh, our first Force Awakens episode. Uh, he liked that one. The Summer Superhero Spectacular. Um he tweeted, and I remember this tweet, I, I listened to the whole thing. The listener scenarios were a nice touch. Please don't ever do this again. <laughs> uh, yeah, so thank you. Uh, thank you. And he says he also listens to uh, the TV talk machine and likes that. And even though he doesn't watch a lot of TV, which is interesting. Um, so thank you to uh, to our buddy listener, Andrew, for sending in a spreadsheet full of things. <laughs> uh, listener Nathan. Uh, listener Nathan. 
Yeah, he is. He he is a a, a long time listener. Long time listener. Not a he's first the, time. He's writer. the graphing guy, as I recall. Yes, Nathan has made some graphs for us over the, over the years. Uh, congratulations on sh- such a great year on the main show as well as all the extended universe shows. Uh, you have now outpaced my ability to listen to everything. I did the calculations. Almost five hundred episodes in the master feed this year. Wow. So unless you're listening to a couple incomparable podcasts a day, you can't listen to everything. That's okay. Uh, my favorite moments and episodes from the main show this year are episode 228. Um, oh, no, Steve. What? Uh, Nathan suggests the moment when you picked Listener Ben picking Listener Etienne. Oh, no. You know no, no. In fact, he, he updated his diagram page. Don't do it. At the last possible moment. Have you looked at the diagram page, by the way? It's crazy now. It, I it, recommend you follow that link because it, it is pretty taken crazy. it to a painful extreme. But I'm not going to play a clip here. Sorry, Nathan. Good. Oh, thank okay. God. Episode 246, the required reading episode. It was great to hear about books. I similarly, you know, Erica, I'm mad about the Red Badge of Courage all over again now. <laughs> God, <laughs> Madame Bovary. Oh, I'm so angry. Uh, books I'm glad I didn't have to read in the contrasting opinions about old high school standbys. I'll just throw in a plug. Erica and I, along with John Syracuse, have been on episodes of John McCoy's podcast, Sophomore Lit, which is about a very similar topic. You revisit an old book that you read oh. in high school and... It's kind of a fun, uh, a fun thing. I'm gonna, I, I, I did a Kurt Vonnegut episode, and I'm gonna be back on talking about Stranger in a Strange Land in a couple weeks. Ooh, Ooh cool. Which I did actually read in sophomore lit, so it's perfect. <laughs> I did The Old Man in the Sea, which technically I read when I was a freshman, but I figure it's close yeah, enough. It's close enough. Here, yeah. Here's a fascinating fact about Stranger in a Strange Land. He wrote that back to back with Starship Troopers. It's crazy. Whoa. Because it's like super hippy dippy. Yeah. And Starship Troopers is not. Heinlein. What you gonna do? Um, I think I've were... only ever read "Stranger in a Strange Land" by him, and as far as I could tell, it was "Old Men Need to Get Laid Too." Was <laughs> yeah, the theme of that book. I, that that's, was the theme of all of his of work. Theme. I think. Yeah, pretty yeah. Much. Yeah, <laughs> it, his later works. Yeah, that's yeah. the late Heinlein. Early yeah, Heinlein for, is fun. The juveniles, yeah. like the Boy Scouts and space stuff, there's not nearly as much incest. If you're just tuning in, it's the Robert Heinlein episode. Well, then it's not really a Boy Scout yeah. story, is it? <laughs> um, Nathan goes on episode 254, the Inside Out episode. Shoot. Them, shoot them. Um, Okay, from the persistent assertion that Gambit was the best X-Man to the improbable Moon Knight Cinderella run to shameless <laughs> pandering to the judges, the whole summer superhero spectacular was insane and hilarious. I think my favorite mom- moment from it, though, was Chip's Beta Ray Bill song. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I would like to close in song. A Thor is a Thor, of course, of course, and no one can lift his hammer, of course, except for a cyborg horse, of course, the mighty Beta Ray Bill. And Beta Ray Bill be Thor, of course, in issue 338. Check the source, a character I will always endorse, victorious Beta Ray Bill. Awesome. No further uh, questions, Your Honor. Oh, <laughs> Uh, although his coaching arguments that showed off his two-minute Time Lord skills were quite impressive. Yes, Chip acquitted himself well there, and also he is not Tony. Uh, yes, I believe you mean not Tony. <laughs> Episode 267, uh, that is I Read It All. Uh, Nathan says, I listened to it all. I heard the end part where they said they got to the end. Thank you, Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed the premise there. Uh, 277, after seeing episode... Uh, Episode 7, Before Anyone Else I Knew. I could hardly wait for this to come out, and it was excellent. Thank you for all the Star Wars episodes. Here's to more great Star Wars in the future. I guess there will be future Star Wars movies, so I guess we'll talk about Star Wars again sometime. Nah, I, I think we're done. I like the Star Wars episode where Scott McNulty talked about Star Trek a lot. That was great. 
That was a classic. Uh, okay, uh, moments from other shows. Nathan says the game show feed was one of my favorite things to listen to. Inconceivable is excellent. I've uh, never wanted to participate in an episode I was listening to more than some of those. That is really the master thing about Inconceivable, Dan, is mm-hmm. that uh, the listeners know the answers and uh, the, the, the panelists have no idea. <laughs> Screaming at your uh, podcast uh, audio of yeah. choice is, uh, is a great way to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I particularly like the Mogo is displeased episode with things like Krista Morgan at- acting out Ygritte's death scene and Liz recounting half the season of Game of Thrones as she found her way to how Cal Drogo died. That Having was amazing. Re-listen to that. That is also amazing as Liz sort of vaguely <laughs> like can't quite put her finger on it and so retraces the entire the season whole of Game thing. of Thrones. I love, that you guys are, I love that you guys are surprised by this tactic. That's, 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 amazing. that's kind of adorable as somebody who podcasts yeah. with her all the time. She got there. It, it works great though. I, I remember I remember show. listening to that episode very specifically and listening to it and I'm like, yep, mm-hmm, yep. And I, just, I could see that she's going to get there and it's going to take a while, but she's totally going to get there. And she did. Um, Nathan goes on, low definition is a, is a delight in the latest episode. All those diehard translations from Norwegian were so great. As for TPK, I enjoyed the Shocktober special, but my favorite moment was Regdar's death followed by his astounding rec- resurrection via Georgia's ironclad wish-making skills. Yep. <laughs> Yep. Also, when is Erica finally going to play a natural leader type character? It only makes sense since she keeps ending up in that role in whatever group she's in. <laughs> uh, Erica, you are the only sane one among us. Yeah. I feel like she's playing that character now, but she refuses to lead the idiots that she's in a party with. <laughs> yeah, that's probably <laughs> that's probably it. That could be. Uh, all other mentions, Frank Wu's episode of Random Trek was a joy. I agree. That was a great mm-hmm. one. Uh, the Doctor Who Flashcasts were a great addition. And I uh, give props to the pure absurdity of Robot or Not. That's a pure <laughs> absurdity. Well said. Uh, and I almost forgot about the radio theater. Good grief. Oh, my. Uh, Butter Zone commercials, hard-boiled detectives narrating aloud. So great. I'm sorry this was so long, but to be fair, you were the ones who created all this I had to choose from. I'm happy to get an annual chance to express my appreciation. Thank you, Nathan, and thank you for your chart. So come on down to the Butter Zone. To the Butter Zone. I'm Olio. (laughs) Hey, maybe, maybe, maybe I'll put... In David, maybe I'll put in one of the alternate takes of Moises here. Oh yeah, because Moises Moises oh, did the did Butter what, Zone like ad in like ten, 10 different voices. Like yeah. seriously, he just kept doing it <laughs> to the point where we we're finally like, we have to go to bed now, Moises. Stop <laughs> doing Butter Zone ads. It's like, all right, let me do Phil Rizzuto. Yeah. Okay, now I'll do Harry Carey. Now I'll do I'll do Carey Christopher Grant. Walken. Yeah. Now I'll do Walken. Uh, now I'll do Olivier. Uh yeah. Oof. Are you looking for just the right spread or condiment? For your breads, toasts, and other breakfast pastries. Hello. I'm Olea Leahy for the Butter Zone. The one-stop shop for all your churn butter needs and dairy products. We've got cultured butter, sweet cream butter, raw cream butter, salted, unsalted, clarified, ghee, even whey. Yes, whey. We've got the biggest spread of breakfast spreads you've ever seen. So head on down to the Butter Zone. And tell them Orson Leo sent you. Thank you. So the the new Nathan chart of the clip loop, by the way, has dots that represent every episode of The Incomparable. Yes. And the lit up ones are the ones that have clip loop content in them. Yes. If you click on oh it, it plays God. the actual clip of that clip. Oh, my God. Yes. And then when yeah, it I... gets to the place where it references a previous clip, a little line squiggles up to the I know. previous <gasps> show. Whoa! It, it's this sorcerer. is how it happened. Yeah, I started playing it by Stone accident him. while while listening Stone to you guys. 
<laughs> That's not what we do with our hey, listeners. Steve, I, I think it's kind of hard for um, for people who are listening to a podcast to understand what's going on with Nathan's uh, clip loop page. Why don't I play what the clip loop page sounds like <laughs> now? That's a good idea. I really don't think that's a smart idea, Jason. Oh, All right, maybe Chipotle, no. Maybe not. that was a pretty great clip, Jason. No, no, oh. I think I think we can't do that because because the world will end in the future at some point. I think. How do you know that? Did did future me come and talk to you too? Uh, you left your f- microphone. Future on. me yeah. is what, in you my What you guys were listening to that? We were. That's probably we're listening for the best. All we're all the voyeurs. Time. There were three of them. We got a couple One more. Was very young. Couple more letters here from listeners. Listener Gary stop. wrote in. Moving things along. Listener, uh, listener Gary. Listener Gary. Oh, yeah, you <laughs> picked up Steve's thing. <laughs> That's a bad move. Yeah. Uh, best episode, hands down, two sixty nine. Crazy Ivan. Um, uh, loved all the quotes and accents, and of course the love for the hunt for Red October. Uh, best best non-selfish moment incomparable radio theater episode 10 uh, with featuring mcmahon and tate he says i can hear david giggling behind his typewriter <laughs> the classic bewitched reference all us old people all totally got that reference uh, and the younger people have no idea um team old the uh best selfish moment he says listener gary episode 265 uh, uh, because my superhero scenario was read. Double bonus because Chip won by invoking the spirit of John Barrowman as Doctor Strange singing Radiohead's Creep. <laughs> that was a he good one. You can moment. also thank me and the codeine for that. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Um, most inspired voice acting, Moises Chuyan as Scoutmaster's song. He did the full Montalban. Uh, Lister Gary says, best host who, who had my voice, Andy and I co in episode 254, regretting his lack of children while talking about Inside Out. Um, best, that, that was an interesting dynamic to the people who don't have children talking about Inside Out versus the people yeah. who did. Uh, best 2015 trend, all the great shows. We had the Flash Flash cast, the Speedy Arrow cast, the Daredevil cast, the Jessica Jones cast, the Expanse cast, the Doctor Who cast, Game of Thrones. It has been an amazing year for geek media. The best sport award to me, Jason Snell, for putting up with the superhero draft. <laughs> putting up with? He put it us up to it. It was your idea. Jason made us do it. It was not my idea. It was Phil and Lisa's idea. I just made the mistake of listening to Listening to, to it. Yeah. But not realizing that, that we couldn't do a whole uh, tournament in one or two episodes and it would take whatever, seven or eight or however many it was. Listener many. Gary, I'm impressed that you have the time to listen to all this. Yeah. Yeah. So he says, thank you for all the entertainment you gave us this year. I deeply appreciate it. Look forward to more next year. More. Well, more. Not more than this year, maybe, but more episodes. Sure. I'll commit to that. Maybe not 500 of them. Uh, and, okay, one more letter. This is Listener David, not David J. Lore. What? And Listener it, David. And here Listener it is. David. I'm Listener going to try David. to get ahead of the curve. <laughs> My favorite moment of 2015 is someone else picking a moment from the 2015 clip show in which a listener picks Listener <laughs> Ben picking Listener at the end from episode 200. Yada, 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 Oh, no. You killed us all! Oh, you're done. You fools! You killed us! <laughs> Foolish fools. Listener David. Oh, my second favorite... Well, okay, we dodged a bullet there. My second favorite moment is when you discuss in the 2015 clip show what will happen in the 2016 clip show regarding the Skeletor <laughs> clip loop. Oh, <laughs> no. The world will end. We got that. Tune in again next time when we hear someone pick a clip of someone oh. picking... And in third place, Beta Ray Bill. <laughs> Which is about as high as Beta Ray Bill should get. Yeah, I think so. Yes. I, I agree. Yes. That's it. That's that's our that's our, that's our feedback that's it. from the listeners. Ooh. Oh, that's right. it. Only two and a half hours. Great. Yeah, that's Thanks, all. Listeners. That's all. It's a short show.
Yeah. <laughs> It'll be a short show. We'll, we'll be back in a couple hours with four other panelists for the Indeed. next segment in the year end. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think, that, I think that's it. So, yeah, 500 episodes of The no. Incomparable Network later. The year is over. Good God. Yeah. What have we done? <laughs> Maybe too much. Well, thanks to everybody out there for listening to this ridiculous uh, episode and podcast network and whatever in 2015. And uh, and we hope to do some more fun things in 2016. This is it's a lot of fun to do all of the podcast things. And I was saying on another episode not too long ago that um, I, I don't know how I would decide what media to consume if I didn't have a podcast to talk about. <laughs> and, and, and I don't know. I would have to get on Skype and talk to people about stuff anyway if I didn't have the podcast because it's so much fun to talk to all of you interesting people um, about this stuff every week. I, I would be very sad if I, if I didn't get a chance to do it. So uh, it's not just a podcast. It's also, uh, you know, it's a it's, way of life. It's, it's, a, it's a community and a, and a way to connect to people. Exactly right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, li- living literally living in the middle of nowhere. This is where I get my conversation yeah. about these things, which uh, my wife is very grateful for. <laughs> Keeps them out of my hair, anyway. That's right. the The expanse. What are you talking about? I'd like to thank my my guests, then uh, Erica Ensign. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I just realized I didn't mention Doctor Who once, so just so I don't get, you know, fulfilling my contractual <laughs> obligation. Doctor Who, Doctor Peter Who. Capaldi, Doctor Who. Yes, Peter Capaldi. Capaldi. Brand. <laughs> uh. <laughs> He's grunting on Legos. David, Erica intensifies. David J. Lohr, thank you I'm very horrified. much for all of your service and your many scripts of the radio theater this year. As always, thank you very much. It, it has just been a joy. Glenn Fleischman, stop looking at pictures of raccoons. <laughs> I'm, hey, right now I'm looking at pictures of dogs wearing pants, so <laughs> I'm moving up in the world. You Man. made it weird, Glenn. Uh, weirder. I'm, looking, I'm looking forward to finding new ways to ruin things unintentionally in 2016 and also to hang out more with you wonderful people. Monty Ashley, thank you. Thank you, Jason. Love blooms naturally on a Vespa. It does. That used to be their catchphrase. I'm sure. Dan Morin, thank you. Number two. Number two. You're not as lonely as David. Wow. You live in a city. To that I say, Jason, ten points. Ten points! (laughs) Bravo. And Steve Lutz, what have you done? Thank you, Jason, for all the hard work on the podcast this year. I've uh, I've enjoyed being part of it, and thank goodness we dodged a bullet not hearing that clip loop this year. Yeah, <laughs> well, there's one more thing I wanted. We really to did. <laughs> we really did. Well, to say thanks to everybody out there for listening and to uh, to see us out. Please listen to this clip. I don't know what it is, but somebody says I should play it. Oh, well, let's hear what it is. Steve picks Ben, picking listener at DN, picking Steve. My second favorite moment of 2014 was when listener Etienne picked me in the 2013 clip show, picking me in the 2012 clip show, picking listeners Lori, Janice, and Chad in the 2011 clip show, picking me, picking Skeletor in the TV fantasy character draft. What's your number one pick, Steve? My favorite moment of 2014. Steve picks Ben, 
is listener Ben picking listener Etienne, picking me, picking uh, listeners Lori, Janice, and Chad, picking me, picking Skeletor. Yes. Now let's listen to both of those in one convenient clip. Yes. So, uh, and then one, I have one last clip to play, play. It's another favorite moment from a listener. Hi, this is Ben from Somerville, Massachusetts. My favorite moment on the Incomparable podcast was from episode 200, where a listener, Etienne, picked Steve Lutz from the 2013 <laughs> recap episode. Picking Steve Lutz picking from the 2012 recap episode. Listeners picking Steve Lutz picking from the television character draft episode. Keep going. Skeletor. Hi. Oh, no. It's listener Etienne again. You really have to listen to him? This is what I'm making you do, Steve. I'm, in oh. fact, picking Steve Lutz from the 2013 recap episode, picking himself, picking from the 2012 recap episode, picking himself in the 2011 recap episode, drafting Skeletor in episode 58. Steve. I thought you could do with some more ammo for your recursive clip loop. It's Skeletor all the way down. <laughs> oh, bless you. This is an enabler. You, That's beautiful. Enabling. It's yeah. a, it was a year in review episode for 2012. It was similar to this episode, yeah. Similar, format. yeah, very similar. And it was pretty good. I mean, we said some things. We had some we played some clips. Played some clips. Yeah. Uh, but one of those clips stands above all the rest. It does, really. And that is why... As one of my favorite podcast moments from 2013, I hereby pick the clip in which I picked the clip in which I picked Skeletor in our 2011 TV fantasy draft. Do we have a clip? We do. <laughs> Let's go to the clip. I'm going to pick the part in the 2011 clip show episode where we played the Skeletor clip. My goal is to create a recursive a clip loop that eventually takes over the entire annual clip show podcast if we survive You've that long. You've been watching too much Star Trek, Steve. Send him to a cornfield. Steve, I loved, I loved it when we remembered how funny Skeletor was from last year in this year's clip show that looked back yes. on last year. So, listener Lori, she says the TV character draft made her laugh from beginning to end. So, I guess my favorite moment, Steve, was the drafting of Skeletor. Yes! Listener Chad wrote in simply saying, Skeletor! Well, I'm going to go with one then that's uh, that's close to my heart for various reasons. And uh, I know somebody's just raring to pick him, so I better grab him now. I'm going to pick, uh, pick Skeletor from the Masters of the Universe <laughs> tune series. <laughs> Sorry, I did not see that coming. Yes. Well, I'm hoping this episode actually airs in 2013 so that I can then pick yes. in the 2014 clip show, the 2013 <laughs> clip of me picking the clip where we played the Skeletor clip. Good luck, future Steve. Are we back to reality yet? Yeah, hold on. I can't actually tell when the clips are over. Skeletor all the way down, he says there. ATN, incidentally, French for Steve. Oh, there we go. We have not been seen in the same room at the same time. That's so, interesting. Uh, wow. Yeah. I'm not sure what to say to that other than that I'm going to down the rest of my beer at this point. In your honor. I, I feel like we we won't have really reached the pinnacle of this whole thing until someone makes an image chart on the internet and uploads it. <laughs> right. That's the end oh of the clip. Oh, my God. Nathan Cohen's, uh, and actually a different listener, too. But we had two people take up John's challenge and make graphical representations of the recursive clip loop, which we've yes, now just did. extended. This is the first time in my life I've had real regrets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Honestly, I, I was going to let the clip loop die this year, but then, uh, you know, the listeners, you got to give them what they want. Oh, no! <laughs> What did you do? No. What did you do? <laughs> How could you? You have got to screen these clips before you play them. Wow. You had one job. I've learned my lesson. What? I can't believe this. <laughs> I got to get that guy out of my can and tell him what this happened. This podcast is over. This, this podcast is over. The world ended not with a bang, but a lot. You, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. <laughs> All right. Recording. Recording. <laughs>